it's Illuminati, the uh, Home Alone, Golden Axe Illuminati. I'm if I'm not here tomorrow, uh, tell the world my uh, my story. Welcome to another installment of our show. This is Greg Oce 81 with episode 16 of the RF Generation Playcast for July 2015. This time around, we have a few very special guests joining Rich and Floyd in the retro discussion of the Golden Axe franchise. While over on the ever-popular modern side, I will be joined by Rich and Steven to discuss the infinite slaughter of those annoying greenskins in Warhammer 40k Spice Moraine. Now, a spoiler is something cool people put on the back of their hoopties to make them go faster. The word also refers to any specific plot point in an artwork that might be preferable to experience firsthand. In other words, spoiler alert! Now, if you could do me a couple small favors, I'm going to need you to subscribe to us on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Thanks. You can also listen to the show on Podomatic and iTunes. Most importantly, don't forget to log on to rfgeneration.com to join our playthroughs and discuss the awesome games we play together. Thank you as always for listening, and now, on with the playcast. to the July 2015 retro playthrough of Golden Axe 1 and 2, and of course some of us got to play 3 this go-round. I'm your host Rich, and with me uh, this month is uh, Floyd, who is joining the retro side to take the place of Steven. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of, a, I'm a turncoat. Yeah, yeah. And also joining us is Steven, who we obviously cannot get rid of, <laughs> so he's going to be joining us in this podcast as well, play some Golden Axe. Hey Steven. Yeah, he didn't really take my place. He's just joining us like, again. Okay, is that what it is? All right, <laughs> <laughs> works for me. That's that's fine. Right. And this is an actually a special episode because we've got two um, we've got two guests this time around. Uh, we actually have Fokaki seventy nine. Uh, we'll be calling him Nick in this show, and uh, he was the one that was the winner of our playcast lot for the two thousand fifteen donation drive. And uh, he chose uh, Golden Axe this month for the playthrough, and uh, he actually co-hosted a thread this month with me and uh, joining us in the podcast today. So say hello, Nick. Hey, great to be here. All right, all right. And finally, our last guest is a someone who's actually not on RF Generation, but um, he does our music for our intros and outros, and a good friend of mine locally, and uh, we did a little co-op Golden Axe together, uh, Cameron Johnson of uh, Ben Atmo Weapon. How you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys. And I uh, just want to kind of start off a little bit and just ask Nick. Nick, um, I know we were kind of going through 
these games and everything uh, to to decide what we were going to do for the month. And we kind of settled on Golden Axe 1 and 2. I can't remember what your other choices were. Maybe you can refresh my memory on that. But um, do you, do you <laughs> I really I really don't remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think there I think there are ones that were like hard to play or or like or they were just long they took a long time yeah. to play. I really don't remember. Yeah. I could go back and look at messages, but that was, that was a long time ago. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, forget it. Well, we've done the beat 'em up genre before. We did uh, Streets of Rage, and we did it during December. We typically do like beat 'em ups uh, in in months that where we can kind of just you know we don't have a lot of time. Of course, around the holidays, you don't have a lot of time, and so it, it's sort of a one sitter kind of laid back kind of thing. But we decided uh, you know that Golden Axe might be kind of a nice little summer break from the the heavier uh, platformers or RPGs that we typically do throughout the year. Um, so, um, so what made you pick Golden Axe? You have some sort of a history with that game or had you ever played them before? Uh, yeah, actually it was one of the first games I played for the Sega. It was at my friend's, I didn't even have a Sega, uh, until a lot later, but, uh, one of my friends, I would go over to his house and he had Sega and it was pretty much one of the first games I played for Sega and I always had okay. some weird appeal to it. Like, you know, I like the, the colors and the, and the set and the music, you know, I know it's kind of odd sound we'll talk about later but uh the music yeah. always appealed to me so. yeah 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 it really is a cool game and uh we'll get into some of that as, as well as we go on the graphics and everything i kind of go around and kind of hear what everyone else's experience is with with golden axe um how about you steven where are you, where are you at with golden axe do you have a history with this game yeah definitely um a friend of mine he used to be my neighbor he's 10 years older than i am we're still friends, but he used to be my neighbor growing up. And, um, I used to go to his house when I was really little and we would play golden Axe one and two together. Um, so these games are like really nostalgic for me. I have very, they're vague memories, but memories of these games, playing them with him. And even, you know, 20, 25 years later, we still play these games together. It's really cool. Yeah, that's cool. And, and Floyd, how about you? You're you're one of the younger guys typically on our podcast. And so I'm kind of, interested to hear about what your experience is with this game well i was a sega kid okay. uh, but i never had golden axe and so i played it for the first time on uh on steam as part of the sega mega drive classic collection yeah okay all right and how about you cameron what's your history with golden axe all right so i got a somewhat of a longer uh, response oh, Lord. <clears throat> no that's okay um <laughs> it's a good long response um so yeah, I guess uh, in the arcade, um, I play, the first time I think I ever played Golden Axe. The first one was uh, I was at my dad would have, you know, have these conferences at Disney World, um, Orlando. So I went. I was in Orlando and they had this sort of um, event for the kit for the you know, the kids of all the you know the parents or whatever who were there for the conference. Um, so I remember uh, being in this um sort of i guess activity room or you know one of those rooms downstairs um and then they they brought in a golden axe cabinet and it was it was a free play of course sure. and then we all just took turns playing through it and i we must have played through it like three or four times and that was the first time i think i played golden axe um and then i believe my cousin ended up getting it on the sega genesis along with a lot of you know other cool stuff like decap attack of course and, yeah. yeah you know and sonic the hedgehog and um and I think he had the Genesis before, right? You know, right when a lot of us had, you know, a, a Nintendo. So playing the Genesis was kind of a big deal back then, and that kind of got me into the Genesis. This is what maybe like ninety one ish, I think. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, so yeah, the Golden Axe has always been sort of like the classic, uh, you know, Genesis. Uh, it's like you know, great port of the arcade. I feel and. You know, like like you're, you know, a lot of you guys are saying that there's there's a lot of nostalgia tied up in it, and it just has that sort of classic Genesis music. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's very iconic. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, my history kind of typically is that you know, as many people have probably heard, I live in a community where, where there um, was a kind of a ghost town for the Genesis. No one really had a Genesis. Even <laughs> in college, I didn't know people with a Genesis. And when I finally met people who collected and had them, it, it seemed that like one of the games that everyone always had out of the few, I mean, it seemed like people always had like Altered Beast, um, and then right. people always had Golden Axe, you know. Um, I didn't play the second one until probably about six years ago, but I'd played the, the first one quite a bit and, uh, you know, never finished it, of course, but it was just, you know, just sort of a familiar, um, you know, type beat 'em up that... Um, it typically is that game that's in everyone's collection. If you're a Genesis collector, I mean, it's going to be one of the first games you buy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. at least the first one. And so, so you know, there's that. So, um, Well, before we get too far, I want to kind of do a list of the participants this month. We've got, um, uh, of course, the four of us, or excuse me, five of us played. Um, we also had Akari Nuku played, uh, Jerry Greenwood played, Metal Fro played, uh, Russ Lyman played, and I think he had a pretty good time with the game <laughs> this this year. He actually, and I want to send a quick thank you to him because um, my copy of Golden Axe didn't have the manual, and the guy um, had he works at a at a store, and um, he just happened to have one lying around. He's like, anybody need this manual? I was like, yeah, I do. So he actually sent me the manual for free, so he completed my box copy of that. So that was really How awesome. Nice. Thanks, Russ. Uh, Very nice. I uh, can't wait to meet him when, uh, when we go up to Connecticut. That's where his store's at. And uh, I think he's actually going to have a table at the uh, Retro uh, World Expo as well. So that's pretty cool. And then Shaggy uh, played with us as well. So thanks, guys, for participating. Um, before we get into the um, Golden Axe discussion, I had mentioned that Cameron um, is um, – he um, he's in a band called Atma Weapon, and Cameron actually does our intro. If you've listened to our show, he did our intro and outro music for the show. Um, you know, one of the things we kind of got lucky with, you know, to have our own music was uh, I'd met Cameron um, a good while ago at a retro store that he worked at, and just sort of fortunate enough to to know him and just kind of be like, hey man, could you could you do something, you know, maybe for us for the show? And he's like. Actually, I've already got I've got something laying around if you want to use it. So, uh, so he was kind enough to let us use it for the show, and we really appreciate that. And uh, in a moment of sort of giving back, I wanted to have him on the show at some point. And uh, you know, Golden Axe was a um, um, a good game for us to co-op because we don't live very far from each other. And uh, I actually wanted to have him on. He's got a new album coming out soon, so I wanted to give him a shot and let him plug that. Oh sure. Um... So yeah, our, our, uh, the intro music is actually, um, that wasn't my band, it was just me. I'd actually uh, done the music, if you guys, you guys know the, what is it, the Happy Console Gamer on YouTube? Do you guys follow? Yeah, yeah definitely know him. Okay. Um, well, I just reached out to, um, I guess, Johnny uh, like several years ago and, um, you know, had an idea to make a new, like a song for him and he was, he was going to use it and then I think he never ended up doing like an actual intro, so I just said, whatever. But I did uh, I did some music for his movie that he, just for, kind of for fun. Um, but anyway, so yeah, my band uh, at Weapon were obviously well. Some of us are obviously uh, gamers, um, but uh, we have a new album out. It's sort of like it's progressive rock, um, I guess coming out rather. 
and we just finished, so we're thinking it should be out at the end of uh, August. And if you're curious to check out some some tunes, some sounds, if you go to um, Atma Weapon, that's A T M A W E A P O N N C, as in North Carolina. Um, dot com. I'm sorry, Atma Weapon. Um, just take our Facebook page. <laughs> Facebook page. To, um, or you can go to Band. Yeah, or you can go to bandcamp.com and uh, type yeah, in yeah. Atma Weapon in the search field, and uh, that'll take you to, um, you can actually listen to their entire first album on there, uh, Dark Dark Tower, and yeah. order the CD. You can get it digitally. I think it's five bucks, the CD. You've still got CDs, right, Cameron? Ten bucks. Yeah, and, we we do. Yeah, CDs, ten bucks. I appreciate that, Rich. I yeah. was trying to re- recount <laughs> one of our numerous websites that I'm, you know. But yeah, anyway, so we got CDs, ten bucks. Uh, you can listen to the entire album. Um, but yeah, just search for At- Atma Weapon, um, and then you should find uh, either on, on Yahoo, Google, or Bandcamp, or Facebook, and you should find our band. Um, and uh, if hopefully you'll like what you hear. And uh, and as always, Rich, thanks for having me on the show. I've I look forward. To, I've been looking forward to it. And when he said the Genesis, and I was all excited because yeah. that it's a special place in my heart for the, the cool. Genesis. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, they've got some pretty cool T-shirts too. If you're a big Final Fantasy VI fan, uh, it's got the at it's got this really cool uh, Atma Weapon Beast, and the shirt says Atma yeah. Weapon. So you can you if you don't even support the band, you can have like a cool video gaming shirt. So <laughs> that's true. If you if you hate our band, you can at least uh, support these uh, these the somewhat copywritten uh, image that was redrawn for our band. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I figured that uh, they wouldn't. You know, they probably wouldn't get too mad. Nah, well, well, nah. but uh, <laughs> nah, that's cool. All right, guys. So. Well, let's go ahead and start talking about the Golden Axe. I guess we'll we'll start with the the first um, uh, the first game on the um, the Sega Genesis, just entitled Golden Axe. And just to kind of give a brief summary of that game, um, I'll let uh, I'll let Nick give us sort of a brief summary of sort of the story for that game and the characters and and such. All right, sure. Oh, before I go on, uh, I remember the la- the the two games I was I chose other than Golden Axe were uh, the Shinmu and Castlevania. Oh yeah, no, that was, a, that was hmm. a, I looked it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Shinmu, yeah, a lot of people have been clamoring for that game, and I think we're gonna have to do it. I'm I'm hoping with the new Kickstarter. Uh, for Shinmu 3, that um, it's going to be released on more of the um, uh, uh, downloadable consoles, mm-hmm. and so um, if we can do that, I, I just I just hate that it's only on Dreamcast right now. It would make a tough play, but I think probably enough people own it, we we could maybe justify it. Yeah, so. yeah, I'm still holding out hope for that HD collection. Hopefully, oh, yeah. we'll get one. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to happen sooner or later. Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, if 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 they don't do it, it's kind of stupid, right? I mean, here throw your money at me right so mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it, well it is sega so <laughs> well there there it is <laughs> there and lost the rub <laughs> all right all right now. i'll uh, get going on uh, going at so so basically the story uh, I'll, I'll start with the story so basically it's about this uh land called yuria i think that's how you pronounce it uh yep sounds good to me <laughs> <Uria. Uria. laughs> yeah. yeah be careful with that one uh <laughs> the way maybe maybe E, it may be Eoria, like E's, instead of Y's. Could, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's about this land is invaded by a guy named Death Adder. Uh, he's uh, he's killing a bunch of people in the land, and uh, what is it? Oh yeah, he kid, he kidnaps the king and his daughter, and, sure. and uh, yep. 
and he gets the golden axe, which is like this uh, magical weapon. I, I sure. I assume. Sure. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you got your and then the three warriors, which are um, Gilius, right? Gilius. Yep. Yep. Gilius Thunderhead. Uh, yep. Let's see. And you got Tyrus Flare, and you got uh, Axe yep. Battler. Axe Battler. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, and, you know, the plot's not deep. No, no. It, it's sort of a revenge plot. And if I remember correctly, um, Gilius Thunderhead's brother is killed by yeah. um, Death Adder, Axe Battler's family, and then uh, Tyrus Flair's parents are killed by yeah. Death Adder. I so that's just, the, and that's about what it is. Yeah, it's just like, and then you, yeah. you're going through the land, you know, wreaking vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much that's it. Pretty, that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. A very, very simple, very short and sweet plot. Nothing too deep about it. And you know, you're just, you know, you're just there to kick butt and take initials because you're not slowing down to get full names. It's slightly deeper than right? where it's just like <laughs> girlfriend is is a hit in the face and is stolen, and now you have to get. Uh, back, I'm going right? to correct you on that. She's hit in the stomach. Oh, that's yeah, right. I'm yeah. sorry. <clears throat> and you lose your baby, and that's why you're mad. I just oh, I totally okay. I just take it back. I'm even mad now. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the gameplay. I mean, this is sort of your typical hack and slash gameplay, mm-hmm. but it does have a few, um, you know, rather cool elements. Right. If you know anybody wants to discuss that, um, there is sort of um, you know you can hit hit people with your sword or your axe and um, you know, at some point you can um, do some grabs and throws and things of that nature. Um, you can do like Cameron and I did and keep hitting each other, <laughs> which is one of the annoying things about this game. Is that when in right. two player mode you can yeah, hit each yeah, other? Yeah. So is that both? For, is that the same for both the, of them? I never, I didn't do. Yes, it's the same yes, both, it is. So. Yeah, yeah, that was the first thing we tried th- out actually. <laughs> Just made sure. It's like, am I going <laughs> to hit you? With That's my important. Ass. You need yeah. to know that. No game A and game B. I huh? think. You, <laughs> I wonder if does, does the third one have that? Uh, I think the friend has, the third one has the, the friendly. You can hit each other too. I think so. So you really, it's a it's the most realistic <laughs> of uh, of the Genesis beat 'em up sure. franchises. Yeah. <laughs> For sure it is. So. Yeah. so so what do you guys think about the gameplay? I'm interested to hear, um, uh, Floyd. What what your kind of thoughts are on the gameplay? I mean, it, it is sort of simple in a way, I guess. Um, it's simple, and I think that's that's probably why people love it so much. Sure. Um. I played it on on Steam, so I had to play with uh, with a keyboard. Oh, probably <laughs> probably oh, not the God. best way to play this. That's, that's sacrilegious, man. <laughs> that that was. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it was um, it was the uh, arrow buttons to move, and then ASD for your uh, okay. for your attacks. Um, and I, like it, it's like you said, it's it's really straightforward, um, and it's just like a fun, simple. Uh, beat 'em up, hack and slash. Sure, and, and there is something sort of endearing about that, right? I mean, it's the kind of game that anybody can just kind of pick up. It's like jump, weapon, magic. I mean, there's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing like. Um. I, like I guess there's no big learning curve or anything like that. No, but but uh, but for 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 all intents and purposes, too, there there are some sort of special things you can do, and and you can learn how to do that stuff if you do something called reading the manual. Yeah, yeah, which, which <laughs> right. I didn't have, which a lot of us didn't do. 
<laughs> I, I don't think I ever did. Like, I played through it this time, and I was like, wow, I never did this when I was a kid. I never did the yeah, charge yeah. move. I never, and I, I actually didn't yep. know about the, the, the thrust, or I mean, not thrust, but like the downward thrust. Oh, yeah, the running yeah, jump. I had no and the idea about that. Thing. Move. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I had no idea about the, even the, the 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 jump and attack at the same time. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I had no idea. You know, I was like, oh, these guys keep coming up behind me <laughs> right. and you know, kind of pillaging me. And so, um, it, I, I don't know. It, it it brought a whole new light to the game yeah. when I was able to figure out some of those things, and it, it actually enabled me to, to finally finish the game. You know, learning those sort of techniques, and I, I think you have to be able to sort of master that in order to, um, you know, get far in the game. Yeah. What do you think, Steven? Yeah, I mean, like like we we're saying, it's uh just short or uh, it's it's simple and uh, but really good gameplay. Um, it's it's not the simplest game. You do have some some techniques you kind of have to learn, like uh, you talked about the back attack and the downward thrust and all those things. Um, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I always felt like the gameplay, at least in the first two Golden Axe games, was very distinctive feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know when you're attacking an enemy. You sort of get kind of locked into that little combo thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. And to me, and you do that in some other games right. too. But in this game, it, it feels a lot different. There's like a lot more like uh, maybe like weight behind it, I guess. Uh-huh. We just kind of like take the like the the hilt of the sword and bash it over the enemy's head. It's almost like you can actually kind of feel it. Yeah. 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 It's kind of satisfying. Yeah. To yeah get those it combos. really is. And. Uh, it, I don't know. Just playing this game, it has that really distinctive feel to it. It's like I know I'm playing Golden Axe. I'm not gonna mistake it for another game. <laughs> right, right. Unless I'm playing Golden Axe three, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. which is which is a completely different game. And yeah, of course, we'll exactly. get into that. But um, um, it, but but anyway, yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. Um, you know, with how the gameplay works, and um, you know, kind of what you're saying, like keeping it simple and that thing and that sort of thing, and. And one of the other ways to sort of make it further in the game is to to use things to your advantage, such as like pits and terrain right. and things of that nature, which I think is is very essential. And you know, a, a lot of early games, especially, have a lot of memorization sort of involved in those games. And I think Golden Axe is is very similar in that sense. You know, um, you have to know what's kind of coming up. You know, I know Cameron and I were co-oping, and we we're like, okay, this part's going to have like two skeletons going to come up out of the ground. You know, you take the mm-hmm. one, you know, to the left and the top, and I'll take the one in the bottom right, or you know, whatever. I mean, you know, you kind of know these things, and you, you can sort of use, like I said, terrain to your advantage, like especially the ledges. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I totally use those to my advantage. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I use like I would just stand on the bottom and have them be on the top of the ledge and just like hit them and jump up and hit, and they would, yeah, would just. So definitely, definitely the terrain is like key. You gotta understand yeah. how that stuff works and how you can use it. Yeah, and, I, yeah, and the, the terrain it plays more of a more of a factor in this game than a lot of other mm-hmm. games. Sure, sure. And and I didn't know this, but um, th- there's like a um, there's sort of like a um, the way the game's balanced. There's, there's sort of like a hit point system where all the the different enemies have a certain number of hit points and. You know, and this is something I sort of mentioned on the forums was that you kind of get locked in when you're attacking. Sometimes we're like, okay, I'm hitting this guy. Right. I need to hit him four times to knock him down. I'm going to keep attacking until I knock him down. You get locked into that. Well, you've got a guy sneaking up behind you um, who's going to hit you and keep you from knocking that guy down. So one technique that you can use that you wouldn't think about using, you would think, okay, I've got to knock this guy down to actually take off um, 
you know, his hit points. Well, that's not true. I mean, you can hit him two or three times, and when the the guy comes behind you, you can walk away. And then when you go back to attack him, he's already lost that set amount of points. Hmm. You didn't have to knock him to the ground. If that makes does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did no, not I know that. Yeah, because no, no. That's what I thought too. No, because when you think about it, like when you're swinging and you, like if you're using like the uh, terrain and you're below the step and you know how you can swing at their legs and keep hitting them, mm-hmm. and and they never fall down, but you can just keep hitting them over and over again until finally they fall over. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. more like with your weapon, you do a certain amount of damage, and when you throw them or you knock them down, you do more damage. But you're still, you can still do like an accumulation of damage on those enemies. Mm-hmm. We well, you know one thing I noticed too, and I didn't really think about it when I was playing is um, if you hit, you know, you, you get kind of like, like you're saying locked in that sort of like combo, and they're they're sort of taking damage. If you slow it down, um, you can um, it kind of resets it, so it's like you can hit him twice kind of pause for a second, hit him twice again, and then sort of re- rinse and repeat, and eventually he'll just fall down, they'll just fall down and die sure, sure. for the final time. Yeah, and so that's th- that's one thing, I think, because I, th- I noticed that if you're fighting somebody, and like you're, Rich is saying, like, well, say you're just alone with them, each time they get up, it's a chance of them to kind of st- get you, you know? So I feel like to play it safe, you could just hit them and then kind of do it slower, it doesn't get into that sort of automatic knockdown thing, and then they'll eventually die. So that might be a good strategy against a single person. Sure. sure. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it kind of goes along with what I was saying about that sort of accumulation of, you know, you know, taking off so right. much. You know, it takes you longer, of course, to do it, but, you know, in, in certain point parts of the game, it can be, you know, very helpful and keep you from taking damage, which is sort of the ultimate goal. And one of the things that that I really liked about the game, I really love the the, the charge, like the shoulder charge. Oh, yeah. I think the yeah, yeah. Gilius does the the um, kind of the horn charge, and then um, let's see, Axe Battler does like kind of a shoulder charge, and then the girl doesn't she do she does a kick? Is that yeah, right? I, 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 yeah, I on the kick. first one, I don't know if she, if she does. I don't use her for the second one. She okay. does do the kick on the in the second game yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. So those that that was one of those things when when I learned how to do it, it was it, it was it was pretty awesome. Like you could just like charge into people, especially the big bosses. Yeah. If you could get them right. separated on two sides of the screen and run and charge one, knock them down, run and charge the other, and just keep going back and forth. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it was it was I a way you could save a well. ton of energy that way. Really good strategy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because yeah. we all chose the elf, right? Or not the elf? We all chose the uh, we uh, the, I, the dwarf, yeah, I chose correct? The dwarf. That's yeah, of course, you know, because yeah. he has the elf. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, that's like uh, when we were kids, and we're we're always fighting for who gets the <laughs> the dwarf. So <clears throat> so yeah, so of, of course when when Rich and I played, I chose the yeah, dwarf. Although I let him, I let I let him whatever, choose. Man. Just you know, <laughs> you want to be axe battler. Yeah. Yeah, Axe Battler was probably the the next best. I know that it's one thing we should probably say about the characters too. Um, all, all the characters have magic that they can use, and um, <clears throat> the way the game's set up as well is that um, um, e- each character has like a different strength. Right, the girl is the most powerful magic user, um, but she's the weakest attacker. Um, and then Gilius is the um, Am I right about this? Is I think he's the fastest. Yes. the weakest music, but he the weakest music, weakest <laughs> magic. He's, he's a terrible musician, but his magic. <laughs> is he doesn't play his axe very well. Yeah. 
Oh. I think it's like an inverse relationship, so like right, like you're saying. So mm-hmm. if somebody has the best magic, they have the weakest attacks sure. and vice versa. Is that, yeah, and, is and that then like, the barbarians just sort of um, balance, right? Um, right, sort of middle of the yeah, road. Yeah, I think that's the way it works. So that's a kind of a cool concept with the game. I mean, I think as simple as the game is and as simple as it feels, there's something you can kind of pick up. I think that um, the developers did a great job in... Um, you know, uh, with you know, as far as what we we're talking about with controls and button input, and then also thinking things out a lot. You know, like the magic. I mean, instead of making all the characters, you know, similar, um, you know, they all have different attributes, which is which is really nice. And and you know, sort of one of the legacies of Golden Axe. Um, yeah. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, how about um, how about the the level design in the Golden Axe, the original Golden Axe? What did we kind of think about that, Stephen? You want Tell us about your thoughts on that, sort of what you thought about. Yeah, I think the levels are uh, the best and most interesting in the first game. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's you have levels where you're on the back of giant turtles and <laughs> yeah. eagles yeah. and all these other things. And, you know, there's a lot of nice, uh, nicely placed ledges and pits you can knock enemies into. And uh, yeah, to me, the environments in the first game are just uh, they stand out the most and yeah. seem the most interesting compared to the other games. Yeah, and graphically, man, just, I mean, I remember the first time seeing that eagle head. I, I think I've missed the turtle um, a few times, you know, seeing that, that turtle's head. I kind of missed that because it's sort of small, but that eagle's head's really pronounced. But graphically, man, that is, that's really beautiful. And they did such a great job with mm-hmm. that. It's still appealing to this day. Sure. You know? It's still, uh, it's still, it, it, you, you can still appreciate the, the artwork and, and like you're saying, the, le- the level design is, uh, you know, I've played the game a million times, but I still can enjoy it. Sure. You know, and I, th- I think I agree with you guys, though. Like, the second game, I mean, you could, uh, I don't want to get too into it too early, but, that's you know, okay. you could, you can choose your, your paths, right? In the second game? Is no, that the third. The third. Game? Okay. Well, um, it, the second game just seems like more of the same, but except for, I believe that, like, you you know, I, I, I think the first game did a lot of uh, really cool things with the levels and, the pits are my favorite part, you know, just mm-hmm. kicking and mm-hmm. your, your, uh, headbutting your the enemies off is, is extremely satisfying. Yeah. So they did a great job. Yeah. And when you figure out on that last board that you can shoulder charge over that pit instead of trying to jump that pit. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. 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 That makes it so <laughs> easy. You just never think of that. I think I, I think Cameron and I were playing it. And I think first time we played it, man, I, I think I fell in that pit like seven yeah. times. Yeah, <laughs> and then I, I think I accidentally pushed some buttons and shoulder charged over the pit when I was playing by myself, and I was like, "Oh wow, I could have been doing this the entire time." So that's how you do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh well. <laughs> <Did he? laughs> yeah, I, I can only imagine like what charging was like playing on the computer, Floyd. <laughs> uh, not not too. Much. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's definitely the worst way to play the game. I mean, like I still had fun with it. Um, and like, cause you, like your ASD is lined up pretty much the same way as, as, um, like a Sega controller, Yeah. but, um, just like that, that tactile aspect of a keyboard is nowhere near like a traditional sure. game controller. Yeah. Your A button mm-hmm. no longer functions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pressing it so much. Well, Flo, I've got you on. I mean, how about the, what do you think about the sounds in the game as, as far as like the music and and sort of, you know, just the just the sound. Um, oh, like it it really brought me back to like the sounds of an arcade. Yeah. Um, and and I guess that's because of the uh, the Genesis's um, sound chip. Like it just sounds really 
arcadey and like really gritty. Yeah. Um, uh, like it, the whole time I was playing that, though, like, man, this sounds like a pinball machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I think someone on our forums, it might have been Jerry, was saying, you know, it's not, it's not the most impressive sound, you know, um, in in music on the system. Which, I mean, I can agree with that because there's a lot of Genesis games as I'm sort of getting really getting into the Genesis now, and you know, just listening to the music on some of these games, it, it's really amazing. And you know, I wouldn't rank it up there as, as like you know, the pinnacle of great music on the Genesis. But at the same time, and I think we've talked about this, it's so iconic. I mean, when you hear Golden Axe, um, you know, I mean, you can just hear that and you know it's Golden Axe. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's yep. it's one of those things that sort of reverberates, you know, through your past. And, you know, it, it's very, very iconic. And, and for that reason, I think it's, it's pretty great because it, it kind of, you know, I mean, I've played a lot of games growing up, but... You know that's one that I that I always and I know exactly what it is when I hear it and I'm not really I'm not really keen on that I don't really have a, a good memory when it comes to music for video games but that's one that you know kind of always kind of pops in my head like that and Altered Beast you know in the right. Genesis or two of the more iconic for that matter yeah. especially well, I guess the, the no oh yeah um wasn't it the um the the Super Nintendo had better sound quality but. Uh, I think a lot of music on on Genesis games just sounded really like I don't know like really rock and roll or really heavy metal. Yeah, you know, it was just more raw and it exactly. Had, um, it was like it kind was of kinda crunchy like and a, gritty. Yeah, I think it was. They were doing a lot more with a lot less. I feel like versus the Super Nintendo. I mean, they had some amazing music on that, but you know, it, no matter what, it, w- it would sound pretty good. Whereas I think the rawness of the Genesis, kind of like in between the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo, it had that sort of transition, you know, you know that kind of like it's yeah, it that's a good some, way to describe it. Yeah, it, 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 it's like a really polished, a really polished Nintendo with very, I mean, there's like the sort of like the base in a Genesis game, mm-hmm. like it's all, it's like a, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. It's like this very particular like synthy like, um, kind of like really a percussive noise yeah. it does i mean and a lot of games will sound the same or they'll have they'll have a lot of the same sort of uh sort of tones you know mm-hmm. where i think it's sort of unique in amongst all video games consoles in my opinion yeah yeah no i i totally agree it's sort of that sort of bridge you know in between and you know i mean you know a, a you know a better sound quality you know maybe than you know sort of an upgrade from the nintendo um, but you know let's face it i mean there's a lot of sounds on the nintendo that are fantastic and and you mm-hmm. know memorable you know certain soundtracks and we talked about mega man 2 you know um in our last podcast of course zelda a lot of you know other games that are super iconic and have great soundtracks but um but yeah i, I totally agree um just a just a really cool sound um and uh, you know soundtrack and i even like the kind of the sounds of the games too you know like the uh when the enemies die the oh it's kind of great <laughs> yeah i got a kick out of that <laughs> oh yeah and it's even more pronounced if i recall in the arcade version um yeah. yeah i'm assuming they just what they probably just took that and digitized it and sort of like it's dumbed down just a sure. little bit but you know but it's 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 a lot it's kind of amazing um uh, I mean, you know, there's a lot of games out there that the arcade is just significantly better yeah. than the uh, console, and uh, but I think um, uh, Golden Axe is is an exception because it's it's just like, you know, graphics aren't as good, sounds not as good, but it's absolutely playable. Sure. You know, where mm-hmm. a, a lot of games will just fall short. It kind of reminds me of 
well, you know, I guess Turtles in Time is a good example of another one they got right for the Super Nintendo. Sure. Um, you know, classic game and a great arcade game, and same thing with the the um, you know the uh, Golden Axe for the for the Genesis. They just they, they got it right. You know, sure. they they, they did what they had to do to make it playable, and they just did a great yeah, job. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not a spot on port, and it's never going to be. I mean, it's the funny thing about like growing up and um, having these consoles is that you always had something better in the arcade. Right. Um, so, and that's not that's not so much the case anymore. You know, in the modern, um, the modern world, in the modern arcade, you're going to have nicer stuff at home than you can have, you know, outside of the home in the arcade. And so, um, it, you know, kind of growing up and getting ports of things, I think, in for myself and growing up in that age, I always felt I didn't, I wasn't such a harsh judge on certain things. Um, but there, don't get me wrong, there were some horrible ports, you know, that that we got. Um, but, but even so, like, even stuff like Rolling Thunder was, was fairly close. I mean, it was as close as it could get from the Nintendo. It was a, it was a little bit of a disappointment. I was a big fan of that. But for, for Golden Axe, I mean, I think it's, it's fairly spot on. It's so close that, uh, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it, you know, so amazing. Um, yeah. Well, I think the important thing in, in that case, I mean, we're, you're never going to have like a, an exact, um, you know, trait. It's not going to be like, you know, the, the same game especially back in those days but um i think just the fact that the playability is there sort of makes any sort of little thing like gra- you know graphical things mm-hmm. and sound and all those little sort of uh, aesthetic things a lot less uh important just because you can play it and and uh you know it, it works yeah. essentially yeah. so all right well, let's move on and talk a little about the length of the game um um what do you think steven too long too short uh no it's about right um it's uh you know it's not too long like uh I think Golden Axe three ran on kind of yeah, long yeah. but uh, uh it's kind of your typical beat 'em up length maybe just uh I don't know I didn't really time it maybe about half hour or so if even that long right um one thing I think is worth pointing out is the Genesis version the console port is actually longer than the arcade version. oh wow really hmm. yeah the um in the arcade the game ends when you kill death. Death Adder. Okay. So you don't so you don't have that extra level um, with all the, the pits, and then you don't have to fight Deathbringer. Oh, okay. Hmm. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So a little bit of an add-on. So a little little bonus there uh, to be playing the home console version, which is pretty cool. Well, if you consider that really cheap boss fight a, a bonus, then. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Well, let's talk about that boss fight. That's a good point. That's a good point. Let's talk about that uh, final boss fight. Did anyone, anyone, did everyone make it to the last boss? Anyone, uh, anyone beat the game? I, I beat, I beat it personally. I only, yeah. I, did, I barely beat it. Like, it was one of yeah. those things where, like, yeah. he hit me Same and I hit him. Like, me too. Yeah, it was... You started getting real cheap with that magic. <laughs> oh, that's awful. When he, he brings you to the ground, yeah. I mean, he automatically starts casting, and you, you can't get up. You can't dodge it. It stinks. No you can't even kill the skeleton, no so they're in the no way all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I'm going to take a minute. As I mentioned, Cameron and I co op this game, and we were unable to beat it together. But right. um, I was able to beat it without him, which um, which goes to show yeah. how horrible of a gamer he is. <laughs> that, that reflects very poorly on my my game skills. I just kept knocking my off the uh, the cliff. So is it harder point. with two people? by accident? Would you say it's like um, it's like Contra, where it's harder with two people? I, I think like there's I think 
it's harder with two people as far as like the screen doesn't like like for instance with the um you know with the pit that I was talking about that you could like super run and um um just kind of a shoulder shoulder charge over that pit it's hard to do that with two people because the screen does not move um with you so usually one person will end up eating it the first time to make the screen push over enough so that you both can shoulder charge over it so there there are points of that there are times where we of course would hit each other and of course it's just funny as crap when we do it but (laughs) at the same time we're taking off you know we're taking off energy that we could have we could have used and um I think I think another thing is you get a little confused about whose enemy is whose, right, Cameron? Didn't you feel that way, kind of? Yeah, um, it was. It was you know in certain places it was kind of hard to to be real strategic sure. when you're you know playing with two players and and not just kind of randomly hit people. But also, the, I think sometimes you have to be careful. You end up um, <clears throat> like we're saying, kind of get in that combo mode. You could be hitting somebody. If you hit the, you know hit the directional pad or hitting an enemy, I could accidentally hit the directional pad and start hitting Rich, you know, and then I'm stuck in that combo, and then all of a sudden people were hitting me, and you got to really be careful, and then not to not get uh you know in between enemies as I guess we it's kind of common sense, but um yeah it was uh it was I think it it was in a way more difficult in times because we have to kind of keep keep up with each other. And um, with you know how the, like how Rich was saying with, with the screen how it scrolls and um, you know I, I'm not sure if the game upped the difficulty per se. I mean I'm sure it probably did. I'm sure I, I imagine there were more enemies. Do you think I, in the uh, two? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really think so. Um, uh-huh. I, I think, and from what I understand, like every every person has you know certain amount of um, hit points. Um, and one of the things that we had talked about to kind of bring it back to that final fight, that final battle is. Um, I think I had mentioned on the forums that you can't kill those skeletons. I looked it up, and you can, but they have like 270-something like HP. Oh, it's ridiculous, so so it doesn't make any sense to do it. And one of the things Cameron and I did was, uh, I was like, okay, you take care of the skeletons, I'll... I'll take care of Deathbringer, you know, and we tried to divide right. it up like that, which was which was kind of hard because if one kind of backed into me or got closer to me, you know, it would attack right. me. And we, we tried that strategy, and it, it just, you know, it wasn't working out for us. So, uh, um, you know, I, I finally beat it because I had sort of gotten to a point where I could sort of, again, master the techniques in the game, got to the end with a lot of life and a lot of continues left, and I would just do, like, the, the jumping uh, axe swing mm-hmm. and just try to just keep, like... Um, just just kept doing that i mean because it's it's too hard really too hard to do anything else while those skeletons are like swarming you you know well i'm i'm kind of curious now that you mentioned um did anybody beat the game who 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 you know who of you guys who said you beat the game who, what character did you use to beat the game uh, that's a good question i use gilius okay. yeah, yeah. yeah i use did everybody use gilius no, i use i use Tyrus, actually huh yep i, well, I didn't i didn't beat the game but I'm gonna I'm gonna blame that on my platform. <laughs> yeah, um, it's safe to say. Yeah, but uh, no, I, I was I was axe battler most of the time. Okay, axe battler. That's a great name. Best name. <laughs> that's a. I think that's a. He has a, his own Game Gear game, I believe, and it's a really crappy Zelda two. <laughs> I believe you're right. I believe you're right. I, I remember that game. I think I sold it to Krabby when he opened his store in Canada. I sold him all my Game Gear stuff. So. Probably the right decision. Probably, I think I had about three <laughs> Game Gears too. I just sold all yeah. my Game Gear stuff, also. So, 
do you guys know if it's all if Axe Battler is also on the Master System? You is know? it? Aren't there two versions? Aren't there? Isn't I've, Golden Axe on there? And then there's um there's another Golden, Golden Warrior. Warrior. Yeah. That's for the well. It, I think there's one for the Saturn, right? Where it's like a fighting game. Is that Gornax Warrior? That's, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Gornax Warrior is like a Zelda clone, pretty much. Okay. Okay. Speaking of duel, did anyone play duel mode? Was was that on the first game? I know it was on the second and the third. Yes, it's in the first game. I played a little bit. It was just like, it was like, okay, this is just hitting a bunch of enemies (laughs) over and over. It's kind of boring. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was boring. I mean, because you've got to beat them up and then you're turning it into a fighter, yeah. which is sort of... It's like survival. Yeah, kind of... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of lame. I have a question. Oh, does uh, So, hit detection. Do the different characters sure. have different hit detection? Have you sensed that? or I, I didn't really sense it, but I was just wondering. I don't know. I mean, the only thing that I really noticed is that I felt like the hit detection was a little better in the second game. Yeah. Than what it was in the first, but once I got mm-hmm. used to the hit detection in the first game, it wasn't bad. I mean, it just—I I think it's one of those things you just kind of get used to, yeah. you know, as you're playing the game. And I never got used to it in the third game, so. But but I mean that could be from not playing it enough, you know. Right. Um, so I, I could chalk that up to maybe that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, plus did you? We never played it on the uh, on our on the console sure. too, so. You know, you never really know. I, I I felt like we were at a you know disadvantage just from, you know. I mean, I'll, I'll take a, a Genesis controller over a PS three or you know three controller any old day. But then again, I'm I'm just a Genesis guy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <huh? laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's a good point too. I mean, I, I think we'd mentioned that. I think we maybe were talking about that before uh, we started recording. We were talking about how um, I think all of us ended up playing it on a certain collection. Is that right? All of us played the third one. None of us played on the original hardware. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I never played yeah. the third one, but that was probably the only way I can, I can ever play it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so we, we, we got some life lessons on the third one. I'll go ahead and talk about that. So it would be of interest to some people listening to this podcast. <laughs> so I have the um, the Japanese cart, and apparently um, I tried to play it, and it's locked out. Um, so, so we couldn't play it on my Genesis console. Um Apparently there are some earlier Genesis that did not have the lockout chip, but from what I understand from other people, the Golden Axe 3 cart actually has a lockout chip in it, so it wouldn't even help. But if you're interested in playing it on your Genesis, um, you can you can just Google, um, the and you have a Game Genie, you can actually Google it. Uh, there's two codes um, where you can actually play it through your Game Genie on your console. So good to know. A little information to pass on. Life lesson. I w- do you think that do the uh, the Genesis Game Genies are are they either really really cheap or pricey? I wonder. They're cheap for that reason. Yeah, okay. Cheap. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, e- even most of your converters are, are very cheap. I think my Honey Bee was okay. like ten bucks or something. It wasn't. Well, the only one that's really expensive is the actual replay for the set. Yeah, that that's why I asked because yeah. I knew that's yeah yeah. That's going and on. even so, it's not. I mean, it's not like ridiculous yeah. pricey. You know, it's not for now. Well, <laughs> for, for <laughs> until now. everybody starts collecting on that system, right? It's coming yeah. up. All right. So, unless anyone has anything else they'd like to add about the first Golden Axe, we'll kind of move on to Golden Axe too. So we didn't we didn't really talk about the the beast, but we could go into that. Like, oh, compare, uh, 
I believe they're called the Bazarians. <laughs> the Bazarians, that's right. No, we should talk about the Bazarians. That's a good point. <laughs> so how do we how do we yeah. feel about the Bazarians? <laughs> now, what were in this game? They're, okay, they were the blue and the red dragons, and they were the things called the chicken legs. That's their actual name. That's their actual name. I, I, thought I, I always yeah, called them chicken you know, bees, but I never knew the real name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're called chicken legs. We real quick. There's something uh, I noticed. I, I want to say that those chicken chicken leg guys were from Altered Beast too. They look very familiar to like the yes they the are Indians in the, yeah. Yeah. In the yeah. second level yeah. with all, with the smoke. Yeah. Is that yes, right? Yes. And, and let me let me For point this out. Why, why you said that and kind of tie it together. Um, this game was um, made in 1989 and it was developed by Makoto Uchida, who actually designed Altered Beast. So there, there you, you go. go. Yeah. There you go. Look at that. It just comes together. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, so, how do we feel about the beast? I mean, useful, not useful? Did anybody, you know, try to use them when they could? I or? did. <clears throat> I did. Okay. Um, yeah. Like whenever, whenever I had the chance to uh, to use one of the beasts, I I tried to, and um, I found like it gave you. A little bit of an edge mm-hmm. and um like whenever I, I encountered enemies that somebody was riding like the, the the chicken leg or one of the dragons i'd try to dismount them first and you know take over yeah yeah i think you get yourself in a pro- situation sometimes where you would hit them and knock them so far away when you would do that on each side that you would ultimately get shoulder charged by enemies which which made it kind of tough to stay on them sometimes unless you could kind of it, it was time the attack yeah unless you could time the attack right. Um, I didn't use the beasts a lot, um, but w- one thing I did use them for, and this is going to sound kind of nuts, but I would exploit them, and and what I mean by that is I would let them stay in like mount mode, and then I would stand beside them because your enemies would always try to mount. Mm. I mean, it, the AI makes them mount. So what I would do hmm. is I would just like. As soon as they got close, I would just hit them. Yeah. You know, because so like they're, they're programmed to right. to go over to the to the beast, yeah. and then you just oh yeah, so that's it was a really idea. good idea. Yeah, so it was sort of like a little exploit thing that I used. Um, you know, again, just to you know conserve energy and uh, you know make it further in the game. Um, it, it, yeah, it's kind of silly, but that's that's how they're sort of wired to do that. You know, they won't even Why attack like you; they'll walk the, right past you to go try to mount that beast. It's right. strange. Huh. I guess I never really noticed that while I was playing. Yeah, I did notice that sometimes the enemy enemies are, are kind of dumb, and you can lure them off ledges and stuff, and they'll they'll fall to their death. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially in the first game, it doesn't I, I yeah. don't I didn't notice it in the third. You could do it a few times in the second, but it was much easier. Yeah, to do not it in so the much first. in the second. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, uh, Steven? Uh, did you use the old mounts, the old Bazarians? Um. I usually would try to use them, and I found that there are certain situations where it's better to use them. Like, um, I think if you can kind of keep your enemies on one side of you, typically it works out much better. But if you get surrounded, then it's very hard to mm-hmm. keep them away and not get knocked off of your mount. Um, also, one thing I, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that uh, when you're on the mount, if you get hit, it doesn't actually. Uh, deduct from your HP, like the mount sort of hmm. takes the hit for you. Oh, okay. So it can kind of give you an, an advantage in that way, and that even if you do get knocked off, of, knocked off of it immediately, you're not really penalized for it. Oh, wow! Uh, by taking huh. damage. That's good to know. Interesting. Huh? Okay. 
One of the bigger disappointments to me is one of the best mounts in the game, the Red Dragon, is only available one time. Once. And it's yep. right at the end of the level, and you can't carry over with your um, beast into the next level. I, I, I never remembered that in playing Golden Axe on the Genesis, but I felt like in the arcade, maybe there was a little more use of the Red Dragon for whatever reason. I felt that way. I could be wrong about that, but... Hmm. Um, I don't Maybe know. it's just a, a, a poor memory I have, but um, anyway, <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's that's probably likely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I'm getting old. Just, just <laughs> so was that in the, like um, the dragon's throat section, or mm, I'm not sure. Okay, I mean, I I just can't recall, but yeah, I think that that was the. I think the that that one was the one that it was the one that shoots the fire, mm-hmm, right? As opposed to spray. Um, so yeah, right. And so that was um yeah. I, I'm not sure what level that was in, but I know that was the la- the like like Rich said the the one and only time, maybe the last time you get to 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 get to any sort of mount at that yeah. point. You know, it's kind of okay. like the yeah. It's the only time it shows up. It was it's in the, it's in the village. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's like the second level. Yeah. 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 So. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to Golden Axe 2, and uh, I'll let Nick uh, kind of open that up for us again and tell us a little bit about Golden Axe 2. All right, uh, well, I mean, it's, uh, the story is, uh, it's, it says dark gold. Gold or gold, yeah. Gold. Yeah. Uh, so now you're basically just fighting this guy who's getting, who has the Golden Axe, uh, and uh, it's not really, it's not really a revenge story, is it? Mm, not really. Like I don't think so. You're just trying to get rid of this guy now. Right, right. He's kind of taken over. His clan's kind of taken over, and um, you're trying to get rid of them. Uh, apparently, this axe has like some sort of magical powers, yeah, and yeah. I think I even read that it um, it increases longevity. Like I think that's how they explain, you know, how the heroes sort of are able to make it to the next one. And that's one thing we should point out about this game. You have the same three heroes um, in this game as you did in the first game, which is kind of cool, you know? Yeah. Um, um, let's see. Uh, uh, do you want to go into differences, or do we want to just... Uh, what else you want to... No, I mean, that's fine. We can go right into differences, sure. Uh, real quick, I want to I want to point something oh, yeah, real quick sure. out. that uh, the uh, Actually, the... The first Golden Axe is a port right of the right, arcade, sure. arcade yep. game. I know what you're going to say. Exactly. A second Golden Axe uh, arcade game, which is the Revenge, I think, of that's Death right. Adder. And then the the Genesis game are yeah. totally different. Absolutely so I think that's different. interesting yeah. how they went that route, I, you hey. know, as opposed to just yeah. porting have it Have any of you guys, I know Cameron and I have, our, our local arcade um, had a, a cabinet of the of uh, Revenge of Death Adder, which was so sweet. Um but um, have any of you other guys played this um, Revenge of Death Adder? No, I've never seen it. Or no. it. I, I, I always knew Bone X2 was just the direct Genesis game. But I never knew another Bone X arcade. Seek it out. It is amazing, is it not, Cameron? <laughs> yeah, the only thing I didn't like about it is like the last, the, the last boss fight sure. was extreme it was just like okay how many yeah. quarters can we take from you oh I felt yeah like you that, know that was pretty normal though in the arcades right. back then i mean all of those yeah. even turtles you know and x-men yeah, all those true. games are like that you know just so. just quarter suckers but um but yeah it's um 
if you, if you guys don't know about it, it, all the characters are different. I mean, there's I think there's an elf with a trident. Am I right about that? Yeah, they I think they're they're at least well, there's either three or five characters in the in the, yeah. the second one. Yeah. So, like a centaur yeah. type. Yes, there's a centaur person. guy. Yeah. Yeah. I I haven't played haven't played that game. I've seen some YouTube gameplay, but uh yeah. I've heard it's really good. I yeah, check, check it out. Check it out. Most people say it's mm-hmm. the best, you know, it's the best best game in the series. A lot of people say that. There's these uh praying mantis mounts. They're pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> that is pretty yeah, awesome. It's a pretty cool game. But but anyway, I mean we'll kinda of get back to um Golden Axe too, but yeah, it's, I'm glad you pointed that out, Cameron. I had that on my list. That's, to cover that oh, i appreciate sure. that all right so so the differences nick you, you mentioned that uh, let's see uh, i mean i guess one of the differences that that's pretty interesting to me is like the switch between the i guess the little gnome characters that you hit to get your magic <laughs> or food yeah and this time yeah, it's the wizards. this time it's like these wizards <laughs> sure mm-hmm. sure yeah and and they can actually attack you can't yeah, they? there's a few of them in the in the game that are enemies actual enemies Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're sort of like druids, like little J- uh, Jawa wizards yeah, or something yeah. like that. <laughs> uh, let's see, I mean, enemies, there's a few There's a few different enemies uh, now. Sure. Uh, there's, sure. uh, there's lizard people. There's lizard oh, people. yeah, that's right. Uh, mm-hmm. Those guys are annoying. Yeah, they're annoying. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the purple yeah. lizard guys, yeah. Um, I think the mounts. No, there's a new There's a new mount, right? There's a green dragon. That you can that kicks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's different than I remember that. I'm I'm having trouble. I think the mounts are hard to distinguish from the right. games. It gets to after the the second one, the second one and third one, they kind of blend together a little bit. Yeah, I think. You still have the I played that still one. Still the, the fire dragon. Too. There's still a fire dragon. There's fire and there's still the chicken flag. But there's like yeah. a green dragon. It just takes a kick. There's no. Yeah. Yeah. They have a little bit different action, though. I remember the chicken leg. I remember really liking that mount in the first game. <laughs> mm-hmm. But in the second game, it seemed to be a little bit delayed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little slower to act. And so I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of that mount in that game. Um, and something we should mention, you can actually charge with your mounts, too, which is, which is kind of nice as well. Wow, I didn't know yep. that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just you really like, need to start like a... Golden Axe 101. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think this is probably, well, maybe not, but the most in-depth the Golden Axe has been discussed in at least the last <laughs> 10 years, probably. Right? So, well, that's, that's what we're going to say. Just a hunch. That's what we're going to say. But, yeah, I think, Floyd, we need to get you, like, a little editing tool that has that, like, little, like... Um, uh, advertisement like the more you know remember that doom 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 you know like oh, just yeah. to play in the background when someone says something like it comes to this like big epiphany of something they didn't know about a game so yeah, I'll, I'll find like it the I'll find it and then <laughs> when, when I put this all together I'll, I'll, I'll put that in sure that sounds great oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anything else I forgot there's another uh, attack right there's a different that you can it hits enemies on all sides. Uh, yeah, so. is that the is that I can't remember from the first. Is it, yes, yes. Okay, the the first game has the sort of rolling attack, yeah, right? So does the, yeah, it does a back. It's called a back attack. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. And this is more like a hit enemies on both sides of you kind of attack. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and I know they carried that over to the third game as well. 
where you can sort of hit the enemies on both sides of you. Um, there's also another one of the big differences is the magic meter as well. Mm. Um, and again, Floyd, cue the more you know music. And okay. something that Cameron and I did not know when you're playing this, we thought like if you press the magic button, then that was it. If you actually hold down the magic button, you get to select what level of magic you want to use. My mind is blown for like the tenth time. I know. <laughs> Jeez. So once again, I mean, this, these games are very intricate, and um, you know, it, it says a lot about like um, kind of Golden Axe too, like taking it a, a step further, you know, and and thinking about all these little things that. Um, that, that would enhance the game and make it better. So, I mean, I give them a lot of kudos for that. Um, something else that they changed, too, was the D-pad throw. Um, you know how you could grab enemies and throw them um, only in yeah. one direction in the first game? You could actually push the Just opposite choose. way and choose the direction. And I think in the second game, when you threw your enemy, you threw the enemy and it hit another enemy, it would actually damage them, which it didn't do in the first game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. that would I, be I really like that feature. Yeah, yeah. So some little like subtle changes that actually made the subtle changes in gameplay that I would say, you know, Golden Axe did did really well in, in sort of enhancing uh, uh, player enjoyment, if if you will. Pushing the realism to the max once yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they, they, they still didn't take out that darn uh, you can hit your friend thing, which sucks. Well that's 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 even more real well, now. Whatever. And this one. You know what you can do with your realism. <laughs> so, so anything else, guys? I do have a question. Um, like, how do you? I can never actually figure out how to do a grab. I always, I always happen to just do it accidentally. <laughs> I think it's like you, you would hit them so many times, and then you would just walk up to them and press into them. Mm-hmm. Like you would have to like hit them like I, I, I'm gonna say, help, help me out here, uh, Stephen, three times or so. Is that right? Uh, it you it could be three. I was thinking two, but I'm not exactly sure. It's it's a very like nuanced thing. Uh, you kind of have to get a real feel for it. I think it's when they you sort of hit them and they sort of like bend over. Yeah. Uh, at that point, yeah. you can go up to them and grab them and throw them. Um, hmm. But it but it wasn't like you could just go up to them and run into them and just do a throw. You had to like, um, you know, hit them a couple of times. You had to disable them, if you will, or stun them, if you will. So yeah. It's like uh, you know, in like Streets of Rage, you could just walk into them and you'll grab them. Yeah. And you could do a throw from there. This game's not like that. Yeah. One thing I did want to bring up too, um, which is something I really like about these two games, is the um, the artwork on the covers of these games. Oh yeah, oh, awesome. yeah. Especially the second one. The second one's got kind of the tops. Um, the artist that did that was um, uh, Boris Vallejo. Um, who did a lot of like the Conan series, the books and things like that? Who's okay. you know, I mean, who else would you call, right? <laughs> well, there's a there's a other guy. It's like Boris Balejo, and then there's the I'm not sure who the other guy was, but they both had like the sort of the fantasy mm-hmm. art market on lock. And I wonder, I, I always Frank wonder Frizetta. if um, they commit exact yeah Frank Frazetta. Um, with a lot of these games, I wonder if they either I mean I you know commissioned that to be done, or they just kind of like a you know, Boris Leha, or they, well, let's, let's not, not maybe not stolen, but they just got the rights to it, you know, from him. Or I wonder if, you know, if the chicken or the egg kind of thing, mm. like, because there are some discrepancies, you know, on the first sure. one, um, just t- looking at, I think the, was he blonde and, and on one on the yeah, cover yeah, and yeah. the guy was stuff right. like that. You just kind of wonder what yeah, the first. mega drive sure. cover looked yeah. different. 
like it's <clears> blonde <throat> and uh, yeah and like it looks like uh Tyrus is wearing like a really tiny bikini <laughs> cover. too bad that didn't make it through I'm just kidding <laughs> I'm gonna be that creepy guy <laughs> We're all thinking the same thing. Actually. <laughs> uh, so, so this game, um, the first game was '89. This one came out almost in 1992, but it still made release December 1991, just for Christmas kids, and so um, <laughs> just in time. So, um, yeah, it was almost a '92 game, uh, and then Gold Next Three came out in '93, so not not too far behind. So, anything else but about Gold Next Two that you guys? specifically liked or wanted to compare to the others um i guess we talked about the story we talked about the characters the gameplay is very similar as we talked about how about level design what do we think about the level design in this game as compared to the first i thought it was uh, less less interesting in the, in the first yeah i agree um, yeah it's kind of more generic environments mm-hmm. like yeah i mean one that always stands out to me is the cave Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's a very it's it's a cave. It's just a very generic cave. Uh, <laughs> nothing real distinguishing about it. But yeah, um, I, I I like uh, cave levels. Oh, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> oh, you're that guy. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing wrong with the level. It's just yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's just kind of a bland cave. Uh, yeah. That's how I remember it. But yeah, not highly detailed or in that yeah. regard. Yeah, I, f- I I felt in general though that um I kind of thought like the f- second game. Um, they kind of up, er, er, they kind of tried to improve on the first game, but it was essentially the same, almost the same. Game. It was kind of like Home Alone One and Home Alone Two. <laughs> um, that's that's the best. Uh, you know, sure, Home Alone Two. You're in a, you're in New York. It's up. You know, you're not just in the house. You're upping the uh, production value a little bit, but in essence, they just try to improve upon the first one. We've already had this you know? argument this year, Cameron. <laughs> oh well, I was I wasn't on that podcast. Oh, no, no, yeah. you and I have had this argument. I feel like. Oh, we yeah, did? because I say Home Alone 2 is better. It's got the Tim Curry oh. factor that Home Alone 1 is <laughs> So I would, it compare does, to, but, um, I would compare Tim Curry to the uh, magic meter in this game. <laughs> okay. My mind, yeah, this is getting a little crazy. I can't handle this. <laughs> um, but I, I think you, Rich and I, when we played the second one, um, I think you said you preferred the first mm-hmm. one. Um, I, I, I think the first one will, will always have more charm. Mm-hmm. But um, I felt I felt like the second one was a little bit easier. Yeah. Maybe I'm crazy, but I f- but well, we, we did we, finish that one together. So. Well, yeah, cool. probably because we beat the second yeah. one. But the first one we played like you know numerous times before Rich figured out all this crazy stuff because he's now the <clears throat> the Golden X one sensei. But the yeah the second one, I felt like we could just got through it um without really you know that much thought. It wasn't like oh we have to really plan it out. We we beat it on our first try. Was that yeah, not right? We did. So. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, we'll talk about three in a second, obviously, but the first two are much closer together than the third sure. game. So I felt like, yeah, one and two, um, two is just sort of like the, you know, sort of like the enhanced first version, yeah. the 32X version, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. Like yeah. it felt pretty much the same to me too. Uh-huh. I mean, like it looked like brighter, maybe more vibrant, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. it felt very much the same. I, I, I'm going to have to agree that the first game has more charm, but I, there was something about the second game that I liked just a little bit more, Okay. even even mm-hmm. though the first level was very bland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But kind of it, for me, it took off after that point. Yeah. Well, I thought the hit detection was a little better in the second game, for one. 
Uh, I thought yeah, the hitboxes yeah. on the enemies were were a little easier to detect and to, and to hit. Um, so I think it made it a little bit um, easier in that regard. Uh, where it, in, in terms of it didn't have the learning curve as far as what the hitbox was that the Golden Axe one did. So yeah, I think it's probably a probably if you you know even take your emotion out of it, it's probably a better game you know versus the first one. It's the the last boss wasn't nearly as cheap. I felt. And I think they probably fixed little things and added, you know, like the you can turn around and hit enemies behind you more easily, and then you can throw enemies where you want. It, it was improved upon um, better hit detection. Um, you know, magic it's, meter. It's probably just a magic meter you can control. It's not sure. all or nothing like the first one. Um, so yeah, I, mean, I think it's probably the better game. Yeah, I guess they, I they realized the know. flaws of the first one and exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is more like Golden Axe why Redux. Is why, is, like, are those reasons so. or the reasons why it might have been easier? Because it wasn't. Because they didn't up the difficulty with those new features. No. If they would have upped the difficulty and added new features, it probably would have been maybe equally as hard. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. Like that, I felt like it was easier because it it was. I feel like the the tweaks of the gameplay were better. Like it was more responsive. Like we said, the hit detection was better. And I liked some of the things they added, like being able to throw uh, enemies where you wanted to into other enemies. And uh, so I feel like mechanically Golden Axe 2 probably is a better game, but uh, we kind of talked about the charm that Golden Axe 1 has. And I mm-hmm. think I, I overall I prefer Golden Axe 1 for those reasons. The Just the, uh, the, the environments and the, uh, I think I prefer the music and some of the sound effects. And, yeah. Um, I'm with so you, kinda, man. Yeah, kind of torn in that way, but uh, no, I I completely yeah. agree. I'm I'm I, I understand that these things, like you said, exist in Golden Axe too, and these um these things that make the game better and to enhance it. But I, I still think I prefer one uh, a lot more. And one of the things I noticed, and and I actually saw a video on this, and um maybe I'll post it on the thread, but the sounds in Golden Axe two aren't as good as they are in one. Um, when, huh. when you kill the enemies, there's this like. Ah, sound, you know. But in the other one, it's in the Golden Axe Two. It's like, uh, it's, like, uh. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, and, and it's not as rewarding. Yeah, I mean, I really love. That's one of the the more iconic things for me with the Golden Axe series is like when you dispatch an enemy. There's that like long, like, um, you know, sort of scream, you know, when you dispatch them, and that's, you know, that's the one of the things that that for me is very nostalgic. That sound, you know, I never heard that yeah. in a game before. Um, you know, when I was in the arcade, so so that was kind of a disappointing thing for me um, as far as Golden Axe um, Two was concerned. And there is a difference in length in between the two games as well. Two's longer, isn't is it not? I believe it is. I believe it's it was a little bit longer, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems so because I think we could. Wasn't it we could get to the end of the first game and like Cameron was like thirty yeah. minutes and the other one was like forty five. So it's about fifteen minutes yeah. longer. Is that what we decided? I believe. Yeah, I think. I think yeah the the first game was just kind of like okay as, as long as you get to the second boss I mean we 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 did that pretty much every time mm-hmm, when we played sure. it um, so it was really just like you know the first part of the game was relatively you could just kind of breeze through it if you knew what's going on whereas the second game I felt like it was it was sort of more of a a longer experience um, and not just like okay game then last boss you die a bit, you know a lot and then the second one's more like a okay it's all more paced evenly I guess you could say. Sure. It wasn't, you know, more natural. Yeah. So it sounds like it's more like Golden Axe 
Yeah. I would say so. It's, yeah. That's a good way to describe yeah, it's, it. Except it's, it's not. Pop-up. It's two. Because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think, um, it, like, yeah, everything that we've said, it, it improves on, on the first mm-hmm. one. But I guess uh, because everyone or almost everyone played the first one first, that's, that's what's more near and dear to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for, for a lot of us, I think so. Yeah, but I mean, I could see as as you know, I could see how people could make argument that Gold Next Two is a better game. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with that, like gameplay wise. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Just, just, just imagine uh, if they had made a uh, Ultra Beast Two, that would have been pretty cool. Well, they did. They made it for the um, um, Game Boy Advance, and it sucks. Oh. I don't. I pretend like that didn't yeah, exist. Yeah, pretend like, like the, you didn't hear that. The prequels that. of Star Wars. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know what Game Boy Advance. I just. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a very nostalgic game for me too. But we won't get into that. Um, all right. Anything else for Golden Axe too? Any thoughts, questions, concerns? That's what my teacher always said. All right. Well, let's move on to three. All right, Nick. Tell us a little bit about three and this um, this huge plot twist in three. Okay. Well, three is one I'm not too familiar with, so. Just bear with me. Just kidding. There's no plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> so I was excited. So just uh, just just bear with me on the the plot. Uh, sure. So from what I know, it's not. It wasn't successful, right? It wasn't like a successful game, really. Well, it never. It was only released in Japan. It wasn't released anywhere else. And um, uh, a big reason that is, and from what I understand, you know, rumors are that. Um, People didn't like it, you know. They they just didn't feel like it was a, a good um, continuation of the series. People were really disappointed in it in Japan, so it never made it overseas, which is a shame. I mean, you know, anytime you've got a beat 'em up, <laughs> you know, no matter how bad it is or different it is, it's always kind of nice, you know, to to have that version of the game, you know. So it was only released over there, and again, it was mm-hmm. released in as I said before, Gold Axe Two was released December of ninety. 90- one, um, you know, mid month before Christmas, and then which is basically '92, and then this game was um, released in 1993. So, I think it was probably about a year and a half later uh, from the second game. So, you know, do you think some a different team developed the third one? I'm not sure because uh, it feels like a totally different game. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, we'll get into that, but it was a huge departure when you compare it to the the first two. I mean noticeably big yeah. difference sure sure so I'll, I'll go into the plot a little bit uh, so it's a, it's really di- it's really different from the first two uh, totally yeah. different characters <laughs> uh, there's a guy named Damon Demood Hellstrike right uh, and he takes the golden axe and puts a curse on mm-hmm. all the warriors um, yep completely different yeah. but looks just like death adder surprisingly oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Long lost cousin removed. Yeah, that, that seems like to be the the running theme because the only one that looks sure. different is Proudcracker, the Black Panther. No, um, Proud Cragger uh, is the giant. Oh, he's the giant. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it's Chronos Late. That's right. Chronos Late is right. is the Panther. Yeah, and we've got some pretty odd some characters. bizarre names. Yeah. And there's Kane who looks like yep, Axe Grindr. Battler. Yeah, he's not Axe Battle, but he looks yeah, just like him. And then there's uh, Sara Byrne, who resembles Tyrus. Tyrus. Right. Yeah, but not her. 
And the, from what I research, I did about it. Uh, Gilius Thunderhead is in the game, but he's not playable. He's just in the game. That's correct. Somewhere. That's correct. He's more of like your. Um, he's at the beginning of the game. He's more like your advisor okay, in other words um he, he's telling you you know you need to retrieve the golden axe and all that but he's not a playable character in the game so which is a little disappointing you know to move we've moved into four new characters now it's nice to have three uh, excuse me four characters to choose from instead of the usual three but um i don't know there's something sort of comforting in having you know, if, to make a Golden Axe three game is something comforting in having those right. um, characters that you're used to yeah. and uh, you know feel sort of right at home with. Right. I mean, this you might. A, I mean, if you're mm-hmm. gonna make them look like Axe Power, you might as well just make them Axe Power. I mean, what? what right. Right. Uh, and also, are they supposed I, to be like the the descendants of the original three? I don't think so. Not, not as far oh. as I know. They they all have different backstories, and I'm not really sure what Kane and Sara. What their backstories are. I know that like the Panther guy was, you know, once human and turned into, you know, through sorcery turned into this Panther. And I believe that uh, Cragger was um, was he imprisoned by this group of people? Was it his people were like the giants were like imprisoned or something like that? Because if you see if you see his photo, he's got the um, the broken manacles, um, you know, on his arms. So I think there's something like that. Each one has their own own backstory. It's a it's a lot more in-depth backstory in this mm. game. It's not just a revenge plot or, you know, simply just seeking the axe, although, you know, that's what you're basically doing. Oh, I forgot to mention, uh, this one, it, even though it was it was uh, only available overseas, uh, you can get on the Sega channel, from what oh, I right. read about. I mean, you know, Sega channel was short-lived, so not a lot of people probably got did anybody have the Sega Channel? And and of you guys, I never got. I did. I never got to play what was the Mega Man? There was a Mega Man game. Wily Wars was on there. All right. Was, uh, yeah, that was a. Uh, it's like yeah, ahead, and then there's Golden. Now. And then, I don't know what else was on Sega Channel. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that was a. Uh, I, I, that came out sort of late in the lifespan of the Genesis. I think. What um, did Wily Wars or? No, of the Sega channel, oh, if I'm correct, because okay. I think they were kind of transitioning from. They're trying to keep you know keep people interested and in, and in probably try to make money in, in a different way because I think they were, you know, I mean they may, maybe the sales were going down and they could say well you don't have to buy the game you can just subscribe to this and you know but then again we're I'm getting off topic that's a whole different yeah. podcast. <laughs> 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 so let's talk about some of the differences other than the characters in the game. Um, I'll let, I'll let you, you want, all. You wanna... So y'all were the ones that played it. So maybe sure, it's best sure. if y'all now, talk see, about who, that. Who actually? Yeah. Now, now this wasn't originally. Our, our intention wasn't to play the third game. Uh, I, I should mention this. We we'd only kind of done um, decided we were going to do Golden Axe one and two, but we decided to include the third game for anyone who wanted to play it. I mean, beat up beat 'em ups or so. Um, you know, kind of one setting game. So we just thought, you know, if anybody wants to play it and anybody has it in their collection uh, or on a collection disc, um, that they could go ahead and play it. So let's see who who all did play it. Floyd, did you play this or Steve? Uh, um, I actually didn't. Um, didn't make it this one. I, I bought the the first two games uh-huh. uh, on Steam, which I'm now regretting. <laughs> um, and then so I, I played them for a bit, and then uh, I went away on a little bit of like a camping slash road trip. Yeah. Yeah. Came back and 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 played some more, so sure. I kind of missed out on on the third one. Yeah. Okay. How about you, Stephen? 
Yeah, I played them on the Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection. Okay. Or I played Golden Axe 3 on the Genesis Collection. Now, um, did you, now did you beat this game, Steven? I did beat it. I got you uh, what? to the final boss. No, no, I didn't beat it. I know. You what? It's, You're not the beast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point out, I knew he didn't beat the game. I just wanted him to admit it on the show. Because yeah. <laughs> he beats everything. But the reason <laughs> I didn't beat it, re- the reason I didn't beat it is because I felt like it wasn't worth beating. Oh, so okay. It wasn't. Okay. It, <laughs> it was not worthy <laughs> of you That's right. it. <laughs> you no, yeah, I, I wasn't, right. wasn't, wasn't a huge fan of this game, to be honest. Um, yeah, okay. We'll, kind of, we'll talk about some of those reasons. but Sure, what are some things you can point to? What are some reasons you didn't like Well, I guess we'll just or... start talking about some differences in sure. the gameplay, which is, and the gameplay is very different. Absolutely. Um, the, the game just, it feels completely different. Mm-hmm. And um, we were just, you know, asking if this game was made by a different development team. And I actually looked it up, and it was made by a different Sega development team. Okay. So maybe that could explain some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the moveset in this game is a lot more complex than the first two. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually, unless you look at a, a fact or a guide of, of some sort, you're probably not aware of all the different maneuvers that are in the game. Because um, when I looked at, at a walkthrough or a guide or whatever... Um, I was surprised by just how long the list of different maneuvers were. Mm-hmm. But you have like sweeping techniques, a blocking technique, you know, various special attacks. And I don't know if you guys know this, but there's actually a double team move in the game. That's what I've heard it, with attacks and magic. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't neat. know that, but yeah, I read that after the fact. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't play the game in co-op, so I didn't get to experiment with that. But uh, yeah, but man. I think, uh, not to, 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 to butt in, but um, I th- it, Rich and I played it on the same thing as you on the, the collection. Um, and it, I think we didn't really give the game a fair shake uh, just because, you know, of course we're playing on a different controller and maybe the HDTV had something to do with the, some sort of slightly delay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'd be really, I'd be really curious to play it on the, on the original hardware and see then how it stacks up. You know, I mean, all differences in, you know, uh, aside as far as you know aesthetics and we got different sure. characters but i wonder if if we kind of look at it from not from like okay this is a golden axe game but sort of take it for what it is maybe we, we'd have a sort of a different um you know opinion on I, it. I agree with that I, I think if this game had a different name it would probably be uh, looked at more favorably Absolutely. And, and i do i do i really think that playing on the genesis collection had a lot to do with my negative experience with you know with, as, uh, i know the controls definitely felt delayed and it was probably because of the hd tv and the input lag mm-hmm. and yeah trying to go back and forth from the genesis controller to the ps3 controller it, it doesn't feel as as good you know you definitely want to use a uh an old school sega controller to play this game yeah yeah mm-hmm. um i actually uh i actually thought that uh rich would have played this on on his retron but, uh, yeah. Do you have Do you have the carts? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. Um, you, you know, some some games I've played on my Retron, and there's, you know, it's it's still emulated, so there's a bit of lag on things. Like I tried to play Mega Man Three on the Retron, and I couldn't do it. I mean, wow. it's huh. just yeah, yeah, it was. It had a bit of a lag to it. Now I don't yeah. know if that's just you know my setup or. Or, or whatever, but I played uh, I played the first Mega Man game on the Retron just so I would have the use of Safe State since there's no password system in that game, right? And there's definitely a big difference between the uh, the Retron and playing on the original console. <laughs> yeah, 
And that's that's not something you want for Mega Man, especially. No, yeah. and I'm proud to say I did beat that game on the retro. Whatever, with, man. With, I know I did it. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> so with your with your save passwords, come on. Well, only only between saved. levels, just so I wouldn't have to Whatever. play through the whole game yeah, in one yeah, sitting. I didn't sure. save between in the middle of levels. <laughs> You know, hey, if you beat that game at all, even with a game genie, I'm I'm gonna give yeah, it to you, man. Yeah, that's yeah. a tough game. Yeah, it is. I actually did. Well, never mind. We're not talking about Mega Man. <laughs> We've already done that. We've been there, done that. So that was last month. Yeah, that was so last month. So, um, so something, um, something else that you could do in this game was uh, choose your own path, which I I really liked that aspect of this game. Mm-hmm. That was neat. You you know, and it it added to the replayability of the game as well because. You know, you could come back, and I think someone mentioned on the forums that they think choosing the upward, always choosing the upwards path is easier. I don't know. I, I, I think I played through the game maybe um, three times total. I only month. played through it twice, and I think that might be true because I think the first time I played it, I mostly took the downward paths, and then mm-hmm. the second time, I think I took more of the upward paths, and I made it further the second time. And I know there was one level in particular I thought was much easier than the alternative one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one where you're kind of on the top of a flying eagle. I guess sort of like the first game, except it's different perspective. But yeah, you're on top of this flying eagle thing, and I thought that level was actually much easier than the uh, the other one, which I don't remember what the alternative mm-hmm. one was. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember any. I think well, I think the the one specific thing that I remember is you had that level that when you're on like the cart thing, like a <laughs> yeah. moving. Yeah, yeah. that's like the about? second. Then, that's like the second level. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, you're they're obviously bringing some some new elements into it, but I also kind of wonder, you know, how you know, of course, the, the our Mario two was uh, not the one that they got in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like what what Doki Doki Panic essentially. Sure. That yep, that's it. I, you know, I wonder if um, if this Golden Axe might have just started out as something totally different. And they just decided to slap on Golden Axe at the last minute and say, well, let's just throw in some random backstory and you know we got these weird characters what the hell maybe i mean i know that your your final boss is basically the same i mean it's you know the, the death adder type character so right. but that could or have I'm been changed in production you know it's gonna be, it could have been something they started yeah. doing and then they decided to sort of you know switch it up you know that's that's kind of what i'm thinking maybe it was like a, a game they started out as something different and then they just said, well let's let's throw in some elements like the final boss, that would that'd probably be easy to, to swap around and, and then make it a Golden Axe sequel. Yeah, remember you heard it here, you know? folks, Golden Axe 3 Conspiracy Theories. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like Home Alone 3. You know, it's... Actually, this is a... I, I'm wondering, you know, there's a lot of parallels to the Home Alone franchise cause, because... Now, hear me out. I'm, I mean, Home Alone 3, where's Macaulay Culkin? You know, it was released straight to video, just like this is released just in Japan, you know. I think uh, new robbers, new characters. It's it's Illuminati, the uh, Home Alone, Golden Axe Illuminati. I'm, if I'm not here tomorrow, uh, tell the world my uh, my story. Floyd, Floyd, can you can you make sure that you put this in our podcast bumper about how we compare Home Alone to Golden Axe? I think we'll get a lot sure. of listeners just for that. For sure. <laughs> all right, all right, jeez. All right. So, okay. So I think like a lot of us, you know, this, this game was different. And I think after playing it for a while, I think we sort of saw some, some high spots in the game. A few of us did. Cause I didn't like it at first. I actually played it before Cameron came over and we played it together. And I remember the first night I played, I texted Cameron. I was like, 
I'm playing Golden Axe 3, and you're like, how is it? And I'm like, oh, man, it's so bad. And then I went to Twitter, <laughs> and I posted this comment on Twitter. And um, I, I'm going to um, clean this up a little bit so Floyd doesn't have to edit it out. I put, what's the difference between Golden Axe 3 <laughs> and a bucket of excrement? Answer, the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's harsh, man. <laughs> and immediately, one of my followers is Akari Nuku. And immediately when I said that, he's like, he like immediately tweets back, like, what are you talking about? And then it just became this thread of, you know, us like like arguing about, like he he's a heavy supporter of Golden Axe 3. It's actually his favorite in the series. And I would have loved to have had him on, but I don't think we could have handled having six people on this podcast. Um, are we sure that, is Golden Axe 3 the only one he's played in the series? I don't think so. No, no. He's. Uh, I was. I was just making a joke. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> My joke detector it. wasn't on. I guess. Sorry. Yeah, the, the sarc- Yeah, sarcasm didn't translate no, over sorry, there. Yeah. On, on the. Oh, had too much yeah. going on in my head right there. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he is an absolute defender of this game and loves this game. And then, um, you know, after Cameron and I played it together, um, I, I sent him a message back, and and I even tweeted something. You know, not as bad as I originally thought. Um. Still not my favorite game in the series. It's my least favorite, and I think most of you would probably agree with that. But I did, I did find that that it is a fairly fun game, and I think, um, I think it was Cameron that mentioned like if you know if 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 this was titled something else, would it be like sort of this you know um, um, beat 'em up that people would still seek out? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean it's sort of like if what is that a Shakespeare quote? If a rose was called something else, would it smell as sweet? I don't know. I mean, yeah. what would Golden Axe three? Uh, you know, would it would it be different if we thought it? You know, had it its had its own identity as a different game? You know, and not in the series. I think so. I think probably so. I think I think it would be one that like is a beat 'em up collector and someone like me who who's really starting to focus heavily on beat 'em ups, um, especially for the Super Nintendo. Which, which we'll kind of talk about in a little bit, but um, I, I think it would be one that I would seek out just because it is a beat-em-up. It's different, and, and not having the previous titles to compare it to if it was called something else, um, it, it would be something. I wouldn't have that sort of... I wouldn't have that expectation, in other words, right? I think that's what, what happens with this game, is you have that expectation of what it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. and it's not. And uh, because of that, you, you, you're disappointed, and you judge it a little too early. You have to really give it some plays. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, and I agree with you, actually, when the first time I played it, I was like, oh, this is not good, and then uh, I think when I played it the second time, it, it kind of grew on me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I still didn't really, definitely didn't like it as much as the first two games, but I wonder if I played it some more, and maybe played it in co-op, if it would, if that would really help uh, help it to kind of rise in the ranks, maybe I would uh, like it much more than I do right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh well, like, you know what? Yeah, we're not gonna let it go, are we? I played it twice, and I'm like, I don't really like it as much as the first one. But maybe if I watched it more, I might appreciate it more. <laughs> All I gotta say is two I mean, turtle doves. <laughs> two turtle doves. It's about friendship. Well, if if you want to really compare apples to apples, we we'd have to talk about Home Alone Three, okay. which yeah. uh, was a whole, you know, it was a whole different cast of characters and yeah. all that stuff. Oh, God. Um. But uh, anyway, <laughs> enough with the enough home alone. The home alone. As much as I like to to continue on, yeah, I need leave, to keep yeah, my leave mouth that shut. Home for... alone. 
that, that is also <laughs> for a different podcast. <laughs> sure. Yeah. We are, you know, uh, folks, you guys are listening. Uh, I'm actually hosting my own Home Alone podcast. <laughs> we, it's, we could play the um, the Home Alone games uh, one show and then talk about the movies to tie it in. Yeah, mm. I'm just going to go ahead and quit the show. <laughs> 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 yeah. oh, all right. Well, let's. we talked about, like, several overarching sort of game elements, you know, between all three games. And... And one of the things that all three games kept, and I thought was kind of neat, was these sort of interlude stages where you can power up and yeah. beat up on some wizards and little munchkin elves. And I kind of want to talk about that. And and one of the things, I, before everybody starts speaking, um, one of the things that I, I thought was cool that Russ Lyman mentioned was um, he likened this part of the game to... Um, the game Shovel Knight, you know how it has that interlude where you're kind of lying around the campfire, mm-hmm. um, and and sort of how like the the creators of Shovel Knight like possibly and and probably undoubtedly had a Golden Axe in mind, you know, as they created that game because there's always that level interlude where the Shovel Knight is sitting there, you know, leaning up against the fire and sleeping. So I thought that was kind of a neat little thing and something that Russ noticed in the game. Hmm. But anyway, the interludes, <laughs> they differed. Real quick. <laughs> right? Some um, more annoying than others, I think. Yeah. Well, the, the uh, if you want to also make a comparison to uh, Altered Beast, um, you know, there's those kind of like little cuts, not cut scenes, but, you know, like where you have the hand drawing part of the map or, you know, going across the same sort of thing in Altered Beast where you kind of see another part of the story unfold. Sure. You know, I mean, that's common in a lot of games. I mean, you know, Ninja Gaiden, Ninja Gaiden Gaiden, whatever, you know, you have those anime kind of cutscene mm-hmm. that or that sort of cutscene yeah. stuff. But um, I thought that was really cool uh, to because it kind of keeps you um, it keeps you interested. You feel like you're making progress. It's not just like in uh, Ghosts and Goblins or Golden Ghosts where it shows you like a, a, a like a, that sort of uh, crazy long. It's like you, you know how much of the game's left and you're kind of it's kind of daunting where this feels like you're making progress. And it, it, it and it changes, you know. You have the it'll draw something, and it and um, I just thought it, it brought a really cool element to the game where um, you you just saw your progress, and you and it was had a, it really had a real arcade feel yeah. to it. Yeah, you know, it wasn't just like next stage, stage two. Yeah. you know. Yeah, and I guess Kinda what I was talking about sort of the interludes too was like the uh, sort of the elf bashing and stuff like that, where you would like gain power ups and things like that. Right. I mean, I don't know. It yeah. kind of felt like unnecessary to me. Um, some of them were a lot more annoying than others. Like Golden Axe Three was like extremely annoying really? because like <laughs> yeah. they would like go underground oh. and then you would have to sort of uh, it was awful. And if you I didn't, I had a had a really hard time hitting the the elves in three. Yeah. Anyway, because they yeah. just their movement pattern. Every time I got close to one, it would just move, and sometimes I would end up missing out on the power up completely. Yeah, I mean it, it's just sort of like you know. You did it right the first time. It wasn't that hard the first time. If you wanted to do something cutesy like that, just just keep it simple. Don't make it like so involved and complicated. I mean, let's just play kick the elf and <laughs> give me my food, give me my magic. You know. Yeah. Well, I noticed that in the uh, it might have been all of them. They always take you. Uh, they always take some away from you first. They steal some. Yeah. So you're kind of halfway. You're 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 essentially just trying to get get back get what you lost. Back. And, yeah. You know. And, and sometimes you wouldn't, you know, sometimes you just even out, right? And, and then other times you would actually maybe get ahead. So that was kind of annoying. Yeah, you just made me really it. hate that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I guess the best part was the music. I mean, 
Oh, okay. I mean, that's my favorite. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really, I didn't really care for it. You know, it was one of those things where it was like, okay, I mean, get this stuff. <laughs> like, I'd rather just yeah. play. Uh, but the music was, was I like the music. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's something that, I mean, those scenes are like kind of endearing to Golden Axe games too. You you come to expect them. It, it makes them special yeah. in that way of mm-hmm. of not being like other beat-em-ups at the time. Mm-hmm. So... So let's see. Um, speaking of other beat 'em ups at the time, let's let's sort of uh, move on and sort of compare these games to other things that are that were going on at the time. And I had mentioned, you know, we had talked about a little bit about um, Genesis and um, Super Nintendo, kind of around at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you know, comparatively, both systems. I mean, the Super Nintendo far superior in the category of beat 'em ups as far as. Um, it, at least I don't want to say quality, but at least quantity uh, of beat 'em ups, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's arguable arguable whether you know the quality was better or not. The, um, one of the probably the most noted series on the Genesis was something we've um, already played um, in our uh, uh, playthrough, but the uh, Streets of Rage series. So, I, I guess my question is kind of throw to you guys is like, how would we? sort of compare this to the Streets of Rage series? Can we compare them to each other? Um, I mean, it's uh, they're, they're comparable. I mean, they're both in the same console. They're both the uh, same genre. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can compare them. I mean, of course, one's fantasy, one's sort of, uh, I guess, what, modern day, so yeah, to speak. Real, um, r- real life. And then, right, yeah, one's, one's real life, the other one's, uh, you know, so. But uh, <coughs> I think they have a lot of the same <coughs> same elements, um, you know, same sort of gameplay, and I think yeah, they're very comparable. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're both. Uh, well, I guess Streets of Rage is is unique in a, in a sense that I always kind of thought it. Uh, you guys may say I'm a, a jerk if I say it, but it was kind of like the the final fight for the Genesis. That's mm-hmm. the way I sort of right. saw yeah. that. I mean, not technically sure. because you know, if if you look at it, we're you know, of course, final fight. It was an arcade port, but. Um, you know, but in a sense, it's kind of like uh, it was a, it was pretty early on in the Genesis. Uh, I mean, I remember it was the packing game for a while. I'm not sure if it was before Sonic or after mm-hmm. Sonic. I think it might have been before Sonic. Um, I mean, uh, maybe the, the Genesis uh, historians can correct correct me, but um, you know, it it was pretty early on in the in the, it wasn't a launch title, but it was pretty pretty not too far after I think the Streets of Rage came yeah. out. So it. it so I wonder, they were probably produced in around not too many years apart. Yeah, yeah. Know? It was it was a game with Streets of Rage in the same vein as Final Fight, but <laughs> of course the Super <laughs> Nintendo would always find Nintendo would always find some way to to flub up uh, you know a great series and and make it only one player mm-hmm. until yeah. Final oh. Fight Two came out. Um, so and that and that reason I, I kind of feel like Streets of Rage had a bit of an advantage and and having done and, and having played those Streets of Rage games in depth. Um, I don't know. That's a strong series. I mean, that that was a very enjoyable series for me to play and kind of gave me an appreciation of uh, not only that series, but the, the Genesis console uh, as a whole. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a that's a really strong series. Yeah, I, like I mean, all, the, three of them, all three of them on Genesis are really good. Yeah, yeah. And I know the Final Fight games got better. Mm-hmm. Um as as you as you um, as you went on, you were able to co-op more and stuff like that. But still, um, which uh, which of the Streets of Rage games did you guys decide were your favorites? 
Um, well, we had a lot of people, um, one and two were by far the favorites, and we were kind of split down the middle about which one was everyone's favorite. Uh, three, mm-hmm. three kind of just went off the grid once again, you know, with, yeah, very bizarre. <laughs> that was, that was my favorite part oh, as a yeah, kid. Yeah. I mean, I, my, cool. yeah. yeah, I mean, my, my cousin said, if just don't beat, beat up the trainer, just don't beat up the kangaroo <laughs> and you get to use them. And sure enough, you know. But was the was three a lot longer of a game than the first? It was two? a lot more difficult. I mean, it, it amped up the yeah. difficulty, and the characters were again, you know, like we said, a lot more bizarre. And it just, yeah, the, the level of difficulty got rough. You still beat it though, yeah. didn't you, Steven? Yes, yeah, shut up. Well, <laughs> I wasn't gonna. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah I did. did. Uh, oh it took my me, gosh! It took me very many tries. Um, <laughs> you know, kind of each each playthrough, inching my way forward and. It, it's it's a good thing I like the Streets of Rage games as much as I do, or I probably wouldn't have. Uh, yeah, it probably would have been like Golden Axe Three, where I wouldn't have bothered. Yeah, yeah. right. Was the last boss? Uh, well, spoiler alert: Was the last boss in Three? Did it, did it, it was like a guy with a machine gun or something. I remember being really unfair, or a woman with a machine gun. I don't. I don't really remember honestly. It's been uh No, that's that's almost. Final Fight. Well, I think well, the guy has a machine gun, right? I think it was no, either no, one no. or one or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy, the guy at the end of one and two has a machine think, gun too. But final fight was where like, you knocked the guy out the window, right, with the machine gun. Is that right? Mm. I think in three it was some kind of like robot thing or something. Yeah. Uh, I don't really remember. To be honest. So I only saw it once. So yeah, and it's, it's been about <laughs> almost two years, I think. So yeah, yeah. Once and the one and only time you'll ever probably probably do it for, probably, for your insanity, right? Probably. Yeah. yeah. But but getting back to like Streets of Rage and kind of comparing that to Golden Axe, I mean, you know, one of the things that the, the games are, are sort of similar in the fact that like instead of magic, you have this ability to, um, you know, sort of call in. I know in the first game, you could sort of call in a rocket launcher. You know, a, a guy pulls yeah. up in a car and shoots a rocket launcher and clears the screen, much like um, uh, the magic um, in the Golden Axe series. So that's pretty cool. I mean, that's a... That's a really neat concept to the game. Um, one of the things uh, I guess I like about the Golden Axe series as compared to it is that when you do your sort of special move, when you press both buttons at the same time to do your um, your sort of your backwards roll and stuff, you don't lose energy for doing your sort of special moves. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So that was one thing I thought they really got right in the game. I never really liked whenever the games would do that. You lose energy if you're doing some special moves. Yeah, it's... It's a popular thing in games, yeah, though, especially for those. Yeah. You know, if you're going to use it, you have to you have to take a penalty for yeah, doing so. Right. So, I think like what is it the the it might have been other games too, but the the X Men game for the Genesis, like you lose health if you use like Wolverine's claws or something. Like what are they thinking? <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, that's the whole point. So yeah, I never, I'm, I agree. I was never a fan of you know using the. It's like you, does it take that much out of the character? Isn't that what they train for? Sure. You know, <laughs> come on. <laughs> All right. What's up? Well, I think what's we covered up? What, I, what I found interesting to note is this game came out. Golden Axe came out. The first one came out like uh, a few months after Double Dragon Two for the NES. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. Hmm. So it's just like yeah. I, and which I one guess is, it's another series we could sort of compare it to is Double Dragon. Of course, that that was kind of a pro- cross-pollinated game. I mean. Yeah. You don't really see right. as many copies of it for the Genesis out there, but it, it definitely made the Genesis system. Yeah. Is it this? Is 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 it the same game? Yeah, or is it? Uh, I mean, is it? No- is it? Oh, okay. For the Genesis and this. I don't know. I don't know if it was okay. the same one. One Genesis. Uh, what was? What was it called? Genesis. 
Not really sure. Hmm. Yeah, not a very good Genesis historian. I'm sorry <laughs> to say. Here, I'll, I'll let you know. Let me. I'll look it up while you guys are <laughs> talking because we got to get this right. So, so of the series, I think we've all sort of talked about like what our favorite games were, and um, you know, I think most of us, like, I think we're a little bit split, right? Stephen and I, you and I are uh, uh, Golden well, Axe well, before, one, before right? we get Before we get okay. into this, uh, there's there's one game I do want to compare Golden sure. Axe to. I think it's a pretty obvious comparison, but that's Alien Storm. Oh. Um, you, got, you guys familiar oh, with that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I own Alien Storm. Yeah. Okay, Alien Storm, is that the one where you, uh, is, that was an arcade game too, correct? Or yeah, I, I, believe, I believe it was. I believe it was, yeah. yeah. Is this the one where you have the sort of like a scene, the the stages where you actually sh- it's kind of like a crosshairs thing where yeah, you shoot yeah. like in a that's a great game. Yeah, it's it's actually um it to me the game looks and feels very similar to Golden Knights. It's almost like a futuristic version of Golden Knights mm, where you're okay. fighting aliens. Um I mean yeah, it kind of has that same sort of uh uh combat feel where you sort of get locked into that combo kind of thing and mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. just graphically, the game looks very similar, and it was made by the same development team. Came out maybe a little bit after the first Golden Knight, so okay. I think it's you know no coincidence, right? Um, but it has more like ranged weapons and stuff like that, doesn't it? So well, well they're ranged weapons. More. Like you, you have like a flamethrower, is that right? Flame flamethrower, yeah, but yeah. it's still like all close range melee sure. stuff. Okay. They're not really pro- not projectiles. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just uh, I just always felt like they're very similar to Golden Axe. Yeah, great point. Just just to clarify, um, I'm looking up the uh, Genesis uh, Double Dragon. There, there are I think, three games. The first one, it says it's a, a port of the arcade game, um, apparently, from from our research. And then there's a Golden X. Uh, there's a, there's a Double Dragon Three, the arcade game. I don't know what that is. And then there's a Double Dragon Five. Uh, what that takes with a TV show or something. So I don't that's know. that's a uh, that's actually a, a fighter. Yeah, a oh, okay. Movie. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. But the the first one is a the first Double Dragon is actually an unlicensed Sega Genesis game. It's a whole different shape. Mm. It's kind of like the Tengen games. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. Mm, I didn't either. The more you know. So, anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we um we we sort of talked about what our favorite games were, I guess, and uh, I know that um I, I know that. Uh, um, Stephen and I were on the the side of uh, Golden Axe One. Floyd, I don't know if I heard which one your favorite was. I think I think Nick and uh, Cameron were more like uh, Golden Axe Two is probably their favorite game. I, I'm I'm gonna have to go with the first one. Really? Okay. Yeah. Why? Just a um, curiosity. I guess because it kind of set up the formula of what the later games would um, like follow. Sure. Um, I find like Golden Axe one and two to be really similar, but there was something about the first one that I guess clicked with me more that that I liked it more. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of a tough, tough decision for me. I, I, you know, it's like I think uh, I forget who said this is like Golden Axe one point five, like Golden Axe two. Uh, yeah, that's Floyd I feel said about that. Golden yeah. Axe two. It's, uh, I mean, the only thing I don't like about Golden Axe 2 is that there's not a challenge on the normal level. I mean, I could, I could always put up a card. Get a yeah. But yeah, so, so I just feel like it's a little bit more improved. Uh, so it's really hard. There's, like, there's sound. The sound problems I have, you know, it's like Golden Axe 1 has better sound to me 
but I like the playability of Gornets too. So it's it's really it's really hard for me to say which one's better. Yeah, yeah. If you were recommending them to someone, I would just say, you know, they're cheap. Get both of them. Yeah. You know, if you like an intro <laughs> yeah. Genesis collector, hey, why not have them both? Yeah, that's probably what I would say too. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're which is great. They're they're, I, they're different enough, of course. I'm glad they're I'm glad they're still cheap. I'm glad they're not one of those things like Legend of Zelda where it's not a rare game. It's not. It's a very 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 common game. Everybody has. Sure. But it's yeah, it's like but Contra. It's, but you know it's kind of expensive to get. I mean, yeah. for like someone just like getting a game, you know, you just like. Uh, so I'm glad they're still cheap. I'm glad it's still. A relatively cheap game to still pick up. <laughs> yeah. Well, for now. Yeah. For, for now. now. Who knows? <laughs> after this podcast, the the value could just soar. Yeah. It's it, one one thing. <laughs> one thing is Sega games are definitely starting to rise in value and go up. Yeah, um, it's yeah. weird. We're starting to they, see that now. They kind of they it, took a dip. They they yeah. were rising and they took a dip. And then two or three years going, ago, yeah, I mean, and, and I can years. tell you from. Yeah, I can tell you from like experience from our local store that Cameron and I we have we have a friend that owns a local store and he couldn't sell Genesis games for a long time. No. And now he told me he's like, Man, I'm selling them all the time. You know, people people That's are coming cool. and getting Sega Genesis games. And, wow. and I think it has a lot to do like like in the in the business of pinball, like like the new games are so expensive and then nobody can afford them so they drop back oh, to yeah. something else mm-hmm. and then oh I can't afford that now so I'm going to drop back and they just keep going back um, and, and I feel that way here with, we come Game Gear and I feel that way with <laughs> <laughs> here we come yeah I, I feel that way with um, you know Nintendo and then the height of Super Nintendo and then N64 games started getting expensive and you know people are entering the market and the job force where they can afford those and I, and I feel that way that, that Genesis is kind of that system where oh, gosh I can't afford to collect for this let me try to go get a Genesis collection now mm-hmm. so we're seeing a little more of that so yeah well let me add real quick um, I think uh, as, as far as like what's the better game I'd say or what's my favorite game and what I think the better game <laughs> Is different. Sure, okay. I think that Go Next Two is is probably the better game. I mean, we've you know made improvements, but uh, if I you know I think I pref- personal preference I just you know it, you know nostalgia. I think it's you know the rose colored glasses thing. Like nostalgia is a huge thing, and uh, um, I look upon Golden Axe One very fondly, even with its sh- shortcomings. Whereas I never grew up with Golden mm-hmm. Axe Two, so if I had to choose, definitely number one. If I could, you know. And never played number, you know, if I could only play one for the rest of my life, probably number one. So that's my vote. Sure. Good. Well, we're just going to wrap it up and uh, see if anybody has any closing thoughts. Um, one thing that I wanted to propose um, is sort of what the current status is of the beat em up genre. Um, it seems like this is sort of something that has as I was sort of thinking about it, it's, it's something that sort of disappeared from, from video games. Uh, you don't see a lot of it. Most of your games now are these um, kind of third-person, first-person shooters. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, genres like shmups and um, beat-em-ups are sort of kind of going away. But, you know, there there are these sort of inklings, um, and I think we mentioned this in, a, in, in another podcast, uh, but games such as... Um, Sort of that combined platformer sort of beat 'em up genre, like um, what what's the one that just got kickstarted? The um, the guy who did the Castlevania games just kickstarted. 
Hmm. Uh, Bloodstained. Uh, Bloodstained. Yeah. Oh yeah. It sort of sort of has sort of a beat 'em up feel to it. Not not exactly a a classic beat 'em up in that sense. Uh, more you guys f- should keep your eyes out for um, uh, Mother Russia bleeds. Okay. It's a, <laughs> All right. It's is that the, it's like a Soviet the, style Streets of Rage. Really? Oh, wow. So it's the, yeah. it's like the sequel to Russian Attack. Yeah. Is that accurate? Okay. Did you just make that up, Floyd, or is that a real no, game? No, no, no. It's a real game. Look it up. <laughs> okay, cool. I was going to say, that's an awesome title if you just made that up. All right. So what do you guys think it's about like, gotta, that? Got to trust those indies to come up with weird titles. Absolutely. And I, and I feel like there's still enough of us around, you know, that, that love these type of games and these, you know, retro style games and these old genres mm-hmm. that kind of harken us back to our younger days. I think... You know, you could come up with something really awesome, and it it would sell. You know, you could kickstart, and it would sell. And I think we're, we're seeing sort of more of that now. Yeah. Well, you know, I, th- well, I think we're all forgetting about what Dragon's Crown is a, a very oh, good, uh, good point. A, good point. Oh, a very, yeah. um, very, you know, a very good uh, sort of modern beat 'em up with sort of I guess RPG elements. And I guess you can compare that to the the Dungeons and Dragons games on the arcades and then on the, the Japanese yeah, Saturn. Really, really um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it can be done, you know, and the, it, but, it, you know, I guess the question is, is the market there to sell these to people other than just like the nostalgia guys that are, you know, I'm not sure what, what, what percentage of the, of the, uh, the population of, of game, you know, modern game purchasers or, or consumers are sort of in our, I get, you know, retro kind of camp. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, I think the, the interest, interest in retro games has obviously grown tremendously, you know, just from the, uh, the price increases and, and stuff, people were d- discovering them. And, uh, at the, you know, when I used to work at the game store, I'd always see, you know, young kids only interested in retro games. So it's interesting to see that that's, it's kind of like a um, novelty to the young kids. They're like, Oh wow. I've, I've only played games that look real. I've never played a game yeah. that yeah. that's like simplistic, you know, and you know, and they they never they never played you know our, our Atari or, or you know their Game Boy in the back of their parents' car, mm-hmm. um, and you know black and gray or green and gray rather. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> it's yeah, it's it's interesting to see uh, what uh, you know. I mean, I I, I guess. Uh, the uh, Dra- Dragon's Crown was pretty successful. Yeah, I, imagine. I think it was. Um, it still commands so, a pretty good price too. Yeah, so I'm assuming that it, it, you know, it, it was a success for the company. I guess was it VanillaWare that developed it? I think. Um, I think they did uh, that. Other there's that PS2 game they did too. Um, that I, uh, it's on the tip Odin of my Sphere? tongue. Odin Sphere. Ex- yes, Odin Sphere. Yeah. And did they do Muramasa Demon did Blade too? Right. That's the same. That was uh, that was kind of like a hack slash beat 'em up too. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So um, I don't know. So uh, yeah, to, to answer the question that has become, I've forgotten what the actual question was. But just the, <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that's that's a common problem. I think it was something me, but, about um, Home Alone one and two. No, Home Alone, <laughs> yeah. So Home Alone two is the same exact movie as Home Alone one, except for the the homeless woman was anyway. anyway so, uh, but to, to answer the the real question that I forgot, um, yeah, I think uh, there there it's definitely viable. I just don't know if. If the the market it's it's where it needs to be for for them to to not play it safe and just you know put up the next like Halo nine hundred yeah. or you know all the first person yeah. shooters where all the the controls are all the same and the storylines the only thing that's different and it's just the same game. Yeah, I, so. I agree. It's just it, the beat 'em up. I, I I love beat 'em ups and I love playing. I mean, 
the newer ones, I, I played Dragon's Crown and I like that one. Uh, like the newer ones, you know, that are like combo related, like God, yeah. War, like God of War, and then Devil sure. May Cry, the ones that are more combo based. I'm not really into those mm-hmm. as much. Um, right. I mean, they're they're they can be fun, but I'm not, I'm not into them as much as I am just like you know, punching this guy in the punching this guy in the face a bunch of times is a lot. More yeah, fun. that more two D atmosphere yeah. too as well. We know. What I think the the biggest issue is probably the there's too many darn buttons on these new consoles i mean not to sound like an old man but it's you know with a beat-em-up i think the like we were saying uh i mean what the genesis had three buttons and then a, a d-pad so it's well and then start button but you know three buttons in the d-pad and you could pull off all the moves you needed mm-hmm. to do as we saw in in number two yeah. and even three so having all these extra buttons i think they're they, they probably feel like they have yeah, to use all say. the buttons yeah. on the game and and you know, I mean, I feel like a like an idiot like when I try to play these games now because it's just like I keep like a, you know there's a menu that comes up and it's just so much of a learning curve for <laughs> me, you know that um, I think if they just need to they need to like <laughs> make make the old man controller <laughs> for the PS3 or PS4 and it just has three buttons. And if you want to get really crazy, you get the six-button fighter controller, you know. Um, and then you can, then you know, you just play all the games and just not even worry about all the other stuff, you know. It's like, oh, I can't, I can't block. That's all right. I just need three buttons. I mean, on games in my day, we right. couldn't block. <laughs> I mean, the two games that I see really popular now are the shoot, are the shooters and the craft games where you you have to make the, you're, you're like, you know, like uh, like Alien, Alien Isolation, and. Uh, Sure. You know, there's games where you have to, like, you know, you're like building things in the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know really know how to like what to call it. <laughs> really crafting oh. item games, you know? Yeah. Oh, I, I think I know what you're talking. We have to find a couple, two, you know, you find to find this, and you if you find uh, like this and that, exactly, you can combine exactly, the two to make exactly. this that you need. There's a like lot a, of those games now. I mean, they're they're fun, but it's just like it's it's a common theme now. It's one of those common themes in in new games. So. Right. All right. Let's reel us back in here I'm to sorry. a little bit of next. No, <laughs> no, it's interesting. Right. Interesting conversation. I think the the question kind of pushed into that. So, yeah. so no, that, that's that's great. So, well, I'm, cl- I'm claiming the the copyright information. I have it all written out for the three button uh, PS4 controllers. So the old man, the old man stick. Old man stick. If anybody has a problem. <laughs> Yeah, or anybody wants to, you know, you'll hear from my lawyer, <laughs> which I'll have to hire. <laughs> All right. So. Well, thanks, guys. Is there any more closing thoughts or anything on Golden Axe anyone has or anything that we didn't discuss? Well, if you, haven't, if you didn't play it, it this, this month, keep uh, give it a shot. Yeah, yeah, I completely yeah. agree. I think I think Cameron said it best, and this is the most in-depth Golden Axe conversation <laughs> out there. So <laughs> I hope people enjoy two hours of Golden Axe conversing. So, and if not, we did, and uh, I'm definitely happy you guys had on, had me on the the podcast. I appreciate uh, the conversation, and thanks for for letting me be your guest. For Absolutely, this we enjoyed having you, and uh, thank you too, Nick, for uh, choosing the game for this month. Right, it was a blast. We enjoyed having you as well, and love to have you guys back sometime yeah. to talk about some games. Anytime. Good choice, yeah, Nick. Yeah, Very I, good choice. I love these games. So. Natural choice. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. So next month in August, the retro um, side is going to play a little bit of uh, Nintendo again, back to the NES to Little Nemo the Dream Master. Um, I will not, uh, I actually will be playing the game, 
Um, but um, actually, let's see. Yeah, I am on that side, aren't I? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Yep, I will be playing Little Nemo <laughs> next month. <laughs> I'm yeah, so confused you didn't switch with this the month. schedule. I'm so confused with the yeah, schedule. You're not switching sides. Only that's right. That's right. Floyd is hosting Little Nemo, not Sean. Yeah, I was thinking about the next month where I'm doing uh, Indigo Prophecy on the modern side. Mm-hmm. So sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Floyd, do you want to tell us a little bit about Little Nemo, the Dream Master? So, Little Nemo, um, classic NES game by Capcom. So, you already know it's, it's going to be something good. It's actually based off of um, a comic strip called Little Nemo in Slumberland. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's kind of a, a neat premise where, where all the uh, levels that you play are um, in uh, in like these dream uh, settings. So they're all sort of fun, cute, and that kind of thing. Um, 2D side-scrolling type, uh, type game that the, the NES is known for. Yeah. Should be a lot of fun. Should be fun, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the show. And uh, until next time. So welcome to our modern segment. Uh, we got the gang kind of back together. Rich, what are you doing slumming with us modern guys in the basement <laughs> playing a game that we had to give copies away to get people to play so it? still didn't have that many people play it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought I'd give it a chance. You know, I haven't played a modern game in a while. I actually played Tomb Raider uh, the month you guys played, but I, I didn't play enough of it to really join the call. So, um, you know, just thought I'd join. Have a good time. Cool. Yeah. All right. And um, I'm also joined by Steven. Steven, how you doing, man? Good. Yeah, it's my first month on the modern side. That's right. That's right. You were uh, unofficial, well, officially flip-flopped over to the modern as my uh, co-pilot this month. So uh, welcome aboard. And the game in question we, that I chose was Warhammer 40K Spice Marine, and it's really hard to just <laughs> to, to even say it without that accent. And we'll get to exactly why that is um, later on in the show. But um, now we were discussing. We 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 don't know too much about the War, Warhammer 40k universe. It's a very expansive uh, tabletop uh, universe. There's there have been tons of computer real time strategy games that have come out. Uh, for this property, um, but this was something a little out of the ordinary. Even it was it's, it was developed by Relic, who made a lot of the computer strategy games. They just, I guess, out of the blue, came out with this. Um, it's a third-person shooter hack and slash that was uh, published in 2011 by THQ, and uh, that came out for the the modern uh, seventh generation uh, PS3, 360, and PC, and um, yeah, I chose it because I had heard just some good things about it. I thought it would be a little bit of a, a hidden gem and uh, kind of 
found myself pleasantly surprised in some areas and uh, pleasantly disgusted in other areas. Sure. sure. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get my perspective on this, which is, you know, someone who hasn't played a lot of modern games as well. So I'm really interested to hear what um, I know you guys have played a lot of third person shooters like this. So I'm uh, really excited to hear what your take is on it, you know, as opposed to mine. So. Cool. And just real quickly, our, our participants were myself, uh, Stephen, Rich, uh, Neo, and Addicted just joined recently because I sent him my copy of the game. We're in the middle of the month right now as we, as we record, so he was able to uh, join us because when I was done with the game, I sent my copy to him. Uh, so yeah, thanks for everybody who participated and... Uh, especially wrote uh, some commentary in the forum thread. So the story, again, for, for some, for the three of us who don't really have a background in this franchise, um, the story is filled with uh, orcs and <laughs> <laughs> you play as, you play as Captain Titus with your sidekicks, uh, Sidonius and Leandros, and you are the space Marines sure. and you're like this super elite, ultra sexy macho, uh, force that, um, you know, you're a force to be reckoned yeah. with. I've, I've never really thought about or heard about space Marines before. Um, I, I remember, and I don't know, you you guys played StarCraft on the PC, I'm sure, as most of the world did, correct? I'm familiar yeah. with it. I've actually never yeah, played I it. I mean, that's, that's where I... I'm sorry. Didn't play it that, yeah, I didn't play it very much. played it a little bit, but I'm not really too familiar yeah. with it. Yeah, it's just a take on, sort of a take on WarCraft, and they had, you know, sort of a Space Marine, uh, like, units in the game, or kind of your basic units, but, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if this... Um, is sort of drawn off of that or not, or, you know, which one, which came first, you know? I I read that the Warhammer uh, tabletop game was created in 1987, so that would be before okay. all the sure. Warcraft and Starcraft. Cool. So I forget, why are you, do you remember, Rich or Steven, why you're called in in the beginning of the game? Like, how does a game start? I kind of forgot. Um, well, you've been sort of called, haven't, haven't you been sort of called in because, uh, the planet's sort of been overtaken by orcs. Isn't that is that the reason you're kind of doing the jump? And, um, you know, you've kind of, uh, uh, you've got bases and things like that on this planet. It's sort of a, oh, right, right, sort of a right. manufacturing and planet, and it's been kind of overtaken by, like, an orc invasion. Right, and there's actually, in the beginning, uh, almost like this, um, it's like something from a sci-fi movie, like Aliens or something, like a computer screen with like status updates that are mm -hmm. going on that are telling you what's what's happening, mm -hmm. and uh, we're gonna de you know deploy the Space Marines basically. So you you drop in, you kill tons and tons of orcs, and then you meet uh, the in the Inquisitor, who is Drogon, who is the most. Um, the most thinly veiled and obvious turncoat in the history of video yeah, games. When I, when I first saw that guy, I was like, "This, there's no way this guy's on our side. He's totally a villain. He just he just looks like a, a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, the, the character. I mean, he looks like Kano from Mortal Kombat, basically. <laughs> um. Kano with a cape. Yeah, exactly. So he's, uh, you know, you're, you start out by helping him find the power source and it turns out that 
this should be harmful to Titus, but mm-hmm. it isn't. And you, you're kind of under suspicion for the rest of the game. Um, now, you're, Drogon tricks you into opening this, this warp gate, which unleashes the demons. You find out he's working for the demons. And this is the point in the story where you where the enemy types uh thank god started to switch up from orcs and mm-hmm. you killed some demons you you get to kill you know some bosses uh and then the final boss and then the ending of the game leaves it up for a sequel because you basically uh have to stand before your peers and they want to know why the hell the power source didn't didn't kill you like it should have basically sure. um and that's a really, that's that's the story in a nutshell. Um, I'm sure we can touch on more of the finer details as we go through it. But um, I got to be honest, I wasn't in it for the story, I, and it wasn't really that great. Um, it, it served its purpose, uh, left the game open for a sequel that will never happen, mm-hmm. um, and it was fine. Again, the. Drogon being a bad guy thing was just hilarious because it was so obvious. Right. And then, you know, uh, trying to uh, at at certain points you can identify with Titus as the main character because it's believable that he doesn't even really know what's going on. So you're kind of in his shoes and yeah, um, you know, being under that suspicion. It's it was that that part of it was believable to me. Yeah. So. I don't know what you guys felt about the story in general, but to me, it was just, it was there. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. Uh, it served the purpose. Yeah. To me, um, it was probably a little above average, in my opinion. Um, I think if the story was, and again, this is from my perspective, if it was average, I probably wouldn't have finished the game, to be honest. Um, and, okay. and there's reasons for that, which we'll get into during the gameplay. Um, but, but to me... Um, it was it was kind of it was it was a longer game than I probably would have liked to have played. I mean, I, I know I think it was around eight hours, right? It's what we decided, which which isn't long for a game, but at the same time, there was there's a lot of repetitiveness and 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 things that just really kind of slowed me down. And I just um, I, I feel like I feel like the story sort of pushed along. Of course, like you said, I mean, we knew Drogon was a was a turncoat, and. Uh, but um, I, I think after that part, I think the story started getting a little more interesting, and I it really kind of pushed me just to see how it how it ended. Um, and uh, for one, I mean, I, I was sort of pleased with the ending, but um, I, I guess I'm kind of a little saddened that um, we didn't kind of figure out why uh, what the relation of Captain Titus and this uh, power source were. If that makes sense. So, right, yeah, I think the story mm-hmm. was the only thing. Well, not the only thing, but one of the only things that made me sort of push to finish this game because I there there was a point where I was just like I just don't even want to play anymore, you know. So. So what about you, Stephen? Were you invested in it, or were you just kind of like letting it wash over you, like I? Did? Yeah, I'm pretty much with you on this one. I was mostly playing it for the gameplay and not really being familiar with the Warhammer universe. I, I was wondering a lot why, you know, why there was this big war between the humans and the orcs and. I think there's a loading screen or something that just says that like orcs are the enemies of humanity or something. I guess that's all the reason you need, I guess. But um, I agree with Rich that it does get a little more interesting after the uh, the demon invasion. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was also wondering why uh, Titus was sort of immune to the 
the warp uh, power thing or whatever. Um, yeah, it ends on a cliffhanger. I read that there were sequels planned for this game, but then THQ went under. Uh, the property was sold off to Sega, and uh, so the sequels never happened. Um, yeah, story is right. just kind of there for me. Cool. Well, uh, having the story put aside for the moment, one of the things that got me really into the game in the beginning was the gameplay. Now, what this game plays like, and I I posted this in the forum, it's basically God of War meets Gears of War. Um, it's a shooter and a hack and slash game. And at least in the beginning, for the first couple hours of the game, I was I was loving it. I was blown away by the... Um, the the shooting is is well done, and the hordes and hordes of enemies that just come at you in waves. And Rich, you were saying in a in a in a text message that you really liked the the way the game forces you to use melee, and I I, I thought that was really cool too because you can you can sit back and shoot, but there comes a point where there's just dozens of orcs on the screen, and you have to basically give in and start swinging your melee weapon and it becomes very satisfying and you can either be strategic or you can just shoot until you have to start swinging which it it gives the a nice ebb and flow to the to the battles and the the scenarios so this was this is a really cool concept um at least for the first couple hours of of the game it really kept me uh, entertained and satisfied and uh, you know I was raving about it in the beginning yeah so. yeah I I completely agree with that I think the game um, even throughout has a, a a nice balance of um, you know um, duck and cover there, there are times where you're gonna have to duck and cover and fire from range um, and there's other times where stuff is just gonna uh, you know the floodgates are gonna open and things are just gonna charge at you and as they're running at you you know you can just fire on them take out as many as you can that's what I would usually do might throw in like a grenade you know at the beginning of it and then I would just like hit the run button and just run in and charge and do that bash dash and just like start wailing I thought that was a lot of fun you know I mean um it's it's a cool game uh graphically it it looks nice you know the fighting um is a lot of fun the combos are are great uh so um just that sort of balance and then forcing you to kind of melee is um I I think a a really strong part of the game because I know with you know, we played Blood on the Sand, and just to kind of compare and contrast, um, you know, Blood on the Sand was more of a, um, just a kind of duck and cover game, where you would just fire, you know, usually from a distance, sometimes, you know, mid-range, but you didn't do a lot of melee in that game, or you weren't forced to, at least, right? Right, you could, and you would, you know, uh, just go into one of those quick time events if you had to, we talked about how you could use that Mm -hmm. strategically, but yeah, you never really had to melee in in blood on the sand where here you definitely had to at certain times now um steven like you and i have played a lot more modern games than rich has um other than like blood in the sand that we've played before for the site how would you compare the shooting in this game to like uh a gears of war or uh you know another any other uh major third person shooters that are out there like how does this hold up um it's it's pretty good i I wouldn't say it's among the best i've played um it the the game felt felt kind of uh generic uh which 
you know, as we said, it kind of borrows heavily from other games. And I think it's no coincidence that you would say this game is like God of War meets Gears of War because I think I read on the Wikipedia page for this game that, uh, or somewhere, that there were members from the development teams of those two games that worked on this game. So it sort of mm. stands to reason that uh, it would bear some similarities. Um, like you talked about the game was uh, you had a lot of fun with it in the early going. I've since it was, I found it kind of generic at first, so it was a little more of a slow burn for me. I, I actually enjoyed it a lot more as it went on. Um, I wasn't sure how into it I would be in the beginning parts because, like I said, it's just kind of it was kind of generic for me, having played so many games of this action games like this before. Um, but I think it got more interesting as uh, you know more in- new enemy types were introduced and uh, you gained some pretty interesting weapons. And, uh, yeah, in the end, I ended up enjoying it quite a bit. Cool. Um, yeah, there are some variations um, in the gameplay where beyond just the shooting and hack and slash, there are mounted turret sequences, mm-hmm. there are uh, some vehicle sequences, and there are the jetpack sequences, mm-hmm. which are... In my opinion, the jetpack sequences are really cool yeah. and they were really underutilized because they're so few and far between and they're so brief mm-hmm. that I really wish that the developers had kind of put more of that into the game because it gave it gave a verticality mm-hmm. to the game and it gave it um, a sense that you can you could see your environment. And what the jetpack did was it, it made you basically be able to do these super jumps, but you can you know target. Uh, areas on the ground and just slam down onto them and stun all the enemies and that was really cool yeah. and we, we should say that there's actually there's no jumping in the game at all except for the jetpack right. so um yeah i know you had a problem with that rich well. this is uh this is not super mario brothers um <laughs> well, it's, you know i think it's what i'm used to i think a lot of you know games that i'm used to have like jumping so i can't remember if blood on the sand did or not i just can't recall but uh and no, I'm pretty it's sure not, it not really uncommon for these type of third-person shooters to not be able to jump. You can't jump in Gears right. of War and okay. a lot of these other games. Exactly. That's just well, a, and it kind of keeps you on track convention. too, right? It, it keeps it from being like an open-world game as well. You know, not being able to jump. It it really, um, you know, keeps you keeps you in sequence and keeps you on the right path, I guess, too. So you're not like jumping over stuff and doing a lot of unnecessary exploring and that sort of thing so that part of it was nice i really like that i thought the game you know for one does it does a really good job in sort of guiding you as well you know through it so i I never felt like i never got stuck or anything so that was nice right it's true and i i I did start to have a little bit of like modern game itis which is something that floyd and i and steven have spoken about a lot on the modern segments just the homogenization of of these modern games and uh you know my wife would kind of laugh at me because i would i would play the game sometimes for like 10 minutes and just get bored and stop and she would say like you really don't like this game do you and it's like it's not that it's just this is another third person shooter you know what i mean like some of the some of the things weren't really holding my attention, but I, I guess the um, the other elephant in the room, uh, and Rich, you mentioned how good the graphics were, and I'll totally yeah. agree with that. I'm going to also throw out there that the sound uh, is really good with the exception of one <laughs> major problem. 
in this Spice game. Marines. Yeah, the the orcs and for the first like full half of the game, the only enemy type is orcs of varying sizes. Um but they they just call you out a hundred times in every battle and it's funny because their taunts don't even make sense like some of them they'll say spice marines to kill and then the other half of them are running away because they're scared of you and it's just it's weird and confusing but the 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 whole thing about it is just spice marine spice marine kill the spice marines and it was just who like at, at certain points i wanted to mute it and maybe listen to music while i was playing but the 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 effects on on the guns and the squishiness yeah. of when you're like killing and their their heads just push like a watermelon yeah. like the the sound design other than the voice acting on the orcs was really the good all so sword. it's just yeah. a shame <laughs> yeah exactly you could basically, you could just feel it ripping through the flesh but, i think um, addicted who you said just started the game he he was mentioning something about the sounds and how annoying it was i was like Oh, um, you know, to make it a little, to spice it up a little bit, you should uh, make a drinking game out of it. Every time you hear Space Marine, <laughs> yeah. you have to take a shot. I promise you, you'll be drunk You'd in the be first dead five minutes. About twenty <laughs> minutes in, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't know, Stephen, if you have anything to add to that. Were you as aggravated as I was, or uh, pro- probably not? I mean, it, 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 they definitely say it way more than they should, and I could see how that would get really annoying. I guess. I guess it's something I'm kind of used to with games. Like if you play a lot of open world games, like like GTA and stuff, a lot of the NPCs you hear a lot of the same things from just random people on the street. And this game was kind of the same way, and uh, that you just heard heard them shouting "Space Marine" all the time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I could I could definitely see how it would get annoying, but I just, it just didn't really bug me that much. That's really funny. I. I, I'm going to digress here for a second, but I am realizing that I guess it's just a matter of whether it, it gets under your skin or not. Because I, I remember um, I really liked the Yakuza games, the, the whole series. And the first game was the, the only one that had uh, English voice acting uh, when it was localized to the United States. And when you're in the when you're in the brawls, there's this one guy who says, you want to get in my face? And he says it like. Uh, again like the orc saying spice marine the guy says you want to get in my face like hundreds of times when you're fighting in these battles like over and over and over again and it never got boring to me so and i never got annoyed by it so i could see hey if you're playing 40 40k space marine and the orcs don't bother you then god bless you because it 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 really made me like want to stop playing and just begging please give me a different enemy type so then eventually different enemies come into the game and you end up fighting um what are called chaos demons and they look kind of like hr giger's aliens only they're red um Mm -hmm. basically and um you also fight the chaos marines um (laughs) <laughs> now can anybody um, I, I was kind of lost on what the chaos marines actually were were they just like indoctrinated infected demon marines or is this uh some other kind of character in the universe yeah or, i'm sorry i totally missed like what they yeah, were um, with with drogan i mean he wasn't like i mean we we knew he was going to turn on us but 
it, it wasn't that he was necessarily a bad guy. It was just that he was being controlled. Um, and, and you get okay. a lot of that. I don't know how many of the, in the games, you know, you get the little floating, like little pods that you can hold down the button and you can listen to like different parts of the story. Did you guys do a lot of that? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. I bet Steven. Yeah. Probably, the, those are the, uh, kind of stuff. the servo skulls. <laughs> they were like the, uh, audio logs in the game. And yeah, I, I'm glad you brought it up. I did want to talk about this some, but, uh, that most of them were kind of just fluff. Like it was maybe yeah. some some space marine talking to his family or something. It wasn't really very interesting, but there were some that were from Drogon. Right. And, uh, yeah, there were like 10 from him and it, and yeah. it kind of, it kind of amped up the story and kind of added to the story toward the end of the game. I felt like not like really at the beginning, like you said at the beginning, it was just, you know, just these little like, um, easy sort of small, like voice chats, no, nothing big, nothing that was revealing. Right. Yeah. You find out that Drogon actually had good intentions by creating the uh, psychic scourge. He was trying mm-hmm. to save humanity from the orcs. And um, it kind of talks about how he was experimenting with the warp and the psychic powers or whatever. And he found a way to kill the orcs, basically just using some kind of psychic force to make all their heads explode or something like that. But, um, somehow with his experimentations with the war, the demons sort of got their hooks in him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they kill him at some point and possess him. And, and they, he basically retools the psychic scourge to open these chaos portals or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, I thought that was actually a very pretty interesting and important part of the story. Yeah. And it kind of goes along with what I was saying about how the story got more interesting and sort of pushed me through the game because yeah. those got a, a little more, um, I guess dicier toward the end of the game, you know, a little spicy. Uh, so, so it kind of added to the story a little more. And uh, I guess you know, my my take, getting back to what we were talking about and what Sean had brought up, getting back to the, the Chaos Marines, I felt that that was the, these were just guys that had been possessed the same way. I, I mean, that that was my take on it. I, it was never implicitly stated um, in the game, but that's that's how I felt. But they 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 kind of just pop up, and it's kind of odd, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's kind of why I didn't get it. Yeah, I think know? that's right about them being, like, controlled. I, I think, I remember one part, the Space Marines, the ones you're playing as, refer to them as traitors, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they do. So, so it makes it kind of sound like maybe they, they consciously uh, chose to side with the, uh, the Chaos Demons, but I'm not sure if that's the case. Uh, I think they were just being controlled like Drogon was. Right, and again, it's probably just that that gap that we have not knowing a lot about the the warhammer right. 40k yeah. universe right so yeah right true um there were a couple boss battles in the game um now there were smaller um i wouldn't call them mini bosses there were a lot of heavies yeah. uh throughout the game but the the two major boss battles are with uh war boss grimskull and the final boss um sure how did you guys well let's 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 put the final boss aside for a second i i quite enjoyed the uh war boss grim skull boss mm-hmm. battle there were parts of it that were a little over scripted mm-hmm. um but the whole sequence of like what actually is going on is was pretty cool um did you guys enjoy that i died a lot there <laughs> obviously yeah, I mean, same you know, here uh, being a newcomer to these type of games i, I probably died the most there um and I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I played the game on easy. I didn't. I didn't play like normal. Um, I, 
No, don't worry. I did too. I play everything on easy if I'm, like most of the time. But you know? but as you would play that, there were different stages in that battle. Um, you know where you would you would hit him enough, and then it would move on to something else. Well, if you got to another stage, once you died, it, you would just you wouldn't have to restart the entire battle. Steven, you played it on normal, so you would yeah. you would know like would you have to restart the entire battle, or did it save like in between those stages? I don't know. I didn't die on that part. Smash. Whoa, oh, badass. <laughs> He just, he just, he's kind of just like puts that in there. He just slides that in there, doesn't he? Just to make us feel bad. God, jeez. Well, I tell you why I died so much. To be honest, I mean, you would have to barrel out of the way when he would charge you because that took a lot off. But those annoying uh, little bomb guys. Oh man, those were probably the most annoying enemy in the game. That uh, other than Spice Marines, that was the second most annoying sound in this game. Yeah, the little dog things oh. that run up on you. And if you're looking down the scope, you don't see them a lot yeah. of time, and then you just die, and it's, oh, it must have been one of those dogs. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was calling them, but yeah. Oh, I forgot about those things. Yeah. How could you? Oh, yeah. I, for, I forgot Basically about them little... because, you know, that, that was just nothing to me. So. <laughs> no, I, no, I just, <laughs> I wasn't trying to make it sound like that. But <laughs> I just, yeah, I wasn't. I think I, I tried to use those to my advantage and use them to sure. take out the enemies. Uh, but yeah, and they did nice sneak up on me game. a few times. Yeah, that was a nice part of the game, right? Being able to do that. I mean, if if a group of enemies were coming in, if you could if you could target one of those, which for me was tough, you know, not playing a lot of these games um, and using those, you know, the sticks. Um, but if you could do that, it was, it was a really great advantage in the game. But just to draw another comparison to Gears of War, I think there's an enemy type that's exactly like that in Gears oh, of War. Okay. And it's kind of yeah. something I've seen before, I guess, in these kind of games. Uh, yeah, it just keeps you on your toes. Yeah, you know, it's basically a walking grenade that just come, you know, charges towards you. Okay, yeah. well, let's, let's well talk about uh, Grim Skull. Um, it, it's I, I did enjoy that boss fight, but it was kind of uh, I feel like it again, just kind of a generic boss fight for this type of game. You have the the bullet sponge uh, boss, and then all these ads that you have to fight off, and yeah. um, again, it's just something I feel like I've seen a hundred times before in these kind of games. Yeah, I will say that I had one of the most uh, badass moments in the game where <laughs> you beat him, and then he uh, he says, "I'm not finished with you, Space Marine," and he, and Titus says, "Well, I'm finished with you," and shoots him in the <laughs> yeah. face. It's it's pretty <laughs> awesome. <was> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of like the ads and something we didn't really kind of touch on, um, the ads are kind of nice in this battle because it lets you refill your energy. And we didn't really talk about um, when we were talking about gameplay, like how you recover health in this game. And I thought that was a pretty, it, it was a neat thing that I've never experienced before. I think Sean and I, you and I were talking about, and you said that this was a, a sort of a system of recovery that you've uh, seen before in games. So. I actually, what I was saying was I, I would love to see more of it. I, I So what it is, is you, there's no health packs in the game. You do have a regenerating shield, but under that is your actual life bar. And when your life bar depletes, the only way to refill it is to do a, f a finisher basically on an orc and you have to stun him first and then do a finisher, which leaves you vulnerable. So you have to use it strategically, but that's how you... Uh, regain your health and what I was saying uh, in the PMs Rich was that I really love this system 
And the only other game I can think of where I ever saw it was um, a game called Remember Me, okay. which was very heavily combo based, and you could uh, assign a combo that would replenish your health. But um, I don't know, Stephen. Maybe you've seen more of this, but I I can't think of like. Can you think of any other games where the the health regeneration is tied to the gameplay in such a specific way? I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I feel like I have seen this before, but there are there aren't any uh, game titles that are coming to mind. But uh, I agree with you guys. I really thought it was a cool health recovery system. They uh, get tied into the gameplay. It it forces you to actually keep getting out there and fighting rather than just hiding behind cover and waiting for your health to mm-hmm. fully recharge. Yeah, that's true. Um, it, it's and it and it varies, right? Like being able to stun your enemy. Um, you you have a you have a, a button that's keyed to stun. I believe it's triangle. Uh, the top button that's keyed to stun, and once you once you stun the enemy, um, then you know you can implement uh, that finish uh, that regenerates your power. But some enemies are harder to break down than others, and everyone every enemy has their own specific pattern, right? As far as doing that, right? So it's kind of interesting. And some of the heavies you have to do like a a super stun, which is a more complicated uh, combo to actually stun them. Yeah. So it's 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 simple, but it's not overly simple right. so it's it's pretty cool um and yeah when you're doing that that uh war boss grim skull boss battle that's kind of a mechanic that uh lets you regenerate if you have to where he kind of like he'll smash a wall down and let a bunch of orcs in to to fight with him and that's that's basically your health power up if mm-hmm. you need it you know it's uh, other than just being a distraction and more uh you know fodder that 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 that's in there so you can health up if you need to um so one of the things that i thought was a a real failure of this game and again a larger symptom of the problems with modern games in general was that the final boss once again is a quick time event and i just i I do a facepalm every time this happens i i really can't stand it yeah um we saw it in tomb raider um we've seen it I've seen it in other games, uh, and it's it, it just sucks. Like I don't know, uh, Rich, uh, as someone who's not super familiar with with modern games, uh, I don't know how you felt about the final boss. But no, it sucked. I mean, you you know, yeah, okay. no, I mean, I, I felt like you know, from my perspective, and then like I said, um, for a while, it was sort of like you know, when we first started playing this game, I think I started it before the month started, and I'm just I, I just finished it last night, and it, it just it took. A lot in me to come back to the game, you know, and and finish it up because it was, you know, for me, a lot a really repetitive. But the story made me want to continue on, and the story pushed me in that direction. But you know, when you put all that work into something, you put all those hours into something, and then you, you know, you get to a QTE at the end, it's it's a complete disappointment. I mean, you've worked so hard, and you and you're looking for this like grandiose like sort of boss battle, and you're basically pushing uh, three buttons in a really, uh, again, you know, Steven, Steven played it on normal or even maybe even the higher level, knowing him. Uh, but He actually played it uh, blindfolded all <laughs> Yeah, time. with both hands side by my back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, I mean, if you guys watched that recent blindfolded Super Mario World runs, nothing compared to uh, what Steven did with Space Marine. But, um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure like the button sequence is probably a little more difficult than his. But I mean, Sean, I mean, you and I played it, and and I know it was like two buttons. It was like square, square, X, 
square X, square, square X. Right. I mean, it was just complete crap. I mean, it was, it was awful. And then when you get to a certain point, you'd have to like tap O, right? Uh, yeah. Or circle. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, this isn't a game. This isn't testing my skill in any way. This isn't testing what I've learned throughout playing the game. Um, it's just, can I press a button when the prompt appears on screen? It's Simon and says. And the prompt was very lenient, too. I mean, you didn't have to immediately right, push it. Right, right. Exactly. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah. am I playing Space Marine or Parappa the Rapper? I don't know. <laughs> right, exactly. No, I mean, this is definitely, I mean, boo to them. They did, And they did, again, Grimskull was not the greatest boss battle of all time, but it, there was... There was a dynamic to it. There was a back and forth. And yeah, it checkpointed each phase. Uh, so if you died, it wasn't like a huge challenge. But at least it was interesting and exciting. And, you know, you had to dodge the grenades and dodge the charge attacks. And But the the quick time at the end is just shameful. I, I don't know any other way to put it. And it's oh, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe that's why they're not making a sequel. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, I mean, we already kind of touched on it. The uh, the ending just kind of ends in a cliffhanger where you basically turn yourself over to to the new Inquisitor, I yeah. guess it is, or whatever the council is or whatever to kind of figure out why, again, you're, you're not being harmed by this energy source and credits roll and we're open for a sequel we'll never get. Um, What'd you guys think about that? Ending? I don't know. Curious. Satisfying? Not satisfying? I mean, I know, I know it didn't, like, kind of complete, but, uh, you know, open-ended, but what did you think about it? It's It was a little disappointing, just I think okay. mainly because we're never going to get a sequel, any kind sure. of closure as to what happens to Titus and why he has this uh, sort of, like, chaos immunity or whatever it is that he has. But uh, I was pretty inter- interested in finding out what that was all about, and I don't think we're ever going to get any... Uh, any closure on that yeah well i guess for me not knowing that you know i'm just finding out now you guys are telling me that there's not a sequel to this or not going to be um just finding that out is sort of is very disheartening to me but i guess in the moment and playing it not having that information um i i was satisfied with the ending i'm not one of these guys that like something that's sort of all you know prettied up you know with a bow and everyone lives happily ever after so i was i was very satisfied with the ending um in and you know if i'm just looking at it from the perspective of this game um i I thought um it really helped sort of develop the characters especially uh leandros uh the character and and sort of the whole um i guess sort of i would call it sort of the whole religious aspect of the game right yeah yeah, no, it's true. There's all, it's kind of a fantasy sci-fi trope, mm-hmm. but the way they talk, the the way the characters talk to each other and, and oh, this, you're a heretic and, yeah. and that's blasphemy and all that stuff. So yeah, it is like kind of quasi-religious. Yeah, it reminded me of, uh, uh, you guys saw Fury Road, right? In the theater, the new Mad Max. Hell yeah. I mean, that, <laughs> of course. Uh, so, I mean, that's sort of what it reminded me of, right? This whole like, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, pray to the gears and, you know, pray to the machine, right, you know, right. that, that, so that, that whole sort of, um, you know, religious aspect of the game. I thought that was pretty cool. And, and the fact that Leandros would sort of sell, sell out, uh, Captain Titus, uh, you know, at the end was, uh, uh what wasn't really surprising, but it was a nice little twist at the end, I thought. 
Yeah, it was cool because you you kind of felt like he was he was pushing that that way throughout the whole mm-hmm. game, but then you, you're you're kind of made to feel like like he and Titus have 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 made peace sure. uh, maybe like two thirds of the way through the game. So when he does at the end, he he kind of sells you out. Um, it was cool, and 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 Rich, I also kind of liked the ending, even mm-hmm. though the the final boss sure. left a bad taste in my mouth. The the ending cutscene was cool because like i said earlier um i liked titus as as the main character and i felt he was identifiable even though this is this is really like cookie cutter dude bro like latently homoerotic like super macho male you know main characters Mm -hmm. um i like titus and i liked his story and I, i i liked that he he was ready to face the music not only because of the political religious uh, situation going on, but because he wants to know what's going on with himself. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought it was good, and it's just you know again a shame that it won't be like wrapped up uh, to to see what happens to him. Yeah, so, yeah. these um, these Ultramarines are interesting characters on in their in themselves, right? Because you've got these um, these other. Um, it seems like you've got this military, but when the Space Marines come, it's like they're sort of godly in a way. I mean, they, the, the people like, you know, in the bunkers and stuff, when they come through, they, they call them like my Lord and things like that. So there's something like, uh, you know, above and beyond, you know, as far as uh, military wise, they, they have sort of a, um, almost like a deity, you know, when they step onto the soil, yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. Um, uh, yeah. They're like super, they're like Navy seals only. Like super, yeah, Navy some religious, yes, <laughs> with, with the sort of religious context, you know, some you know right, people right. worship. So uh, it's it's interesting. Um, I was curious how you guys thought about uh, the scene with uh, well the character, and then the scene with uh, Sedonis as well. He was the other uh, space marine. Uh, there were three of you, um, and the, these guys, um, you know, were sort of your backup. Um, and right. uh, he, uh, spoiler, of course. He meets a uh, pretty uncomfortable <laughs> demise, but he seems like a very loyal character to Titus, and I, I really liked his character a lot. Okay, yeah, I don't, I, I, yeah, he was like pretty, like your vanilla sidekick, and more, yes, more loyal to you. I don't, I don't have much of a opinion on him. Maybe Stephen does. No, I'm kind of with you on that. I, I wasn't really too surprised when he died, and didn't really have too much emotion over it. Uh, it just kind of. Was well, what I didn't it was cry for me. or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't saying you did. <laughs> well, you apparently were moved in some way. Sure, sure. You wanted to bring it up. I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. All right. <laughs> well, before we wrap everything up, I just wanted to ask you guys: like, what were some of your favorite weapons in the game? Uh, and if you don't know them by name, that's fine because, quite frankly, I don't remember oh, some of their yeah. names exactly. But I, I really liked that one um, launcher that shot the uh, like blue sticky grenades that you can then you could shoot a bunch of them and then detonate them. Uh, I couldn't figure out how to you detonate know, on them. command. I was just shooting them oh, like, got- worthlessly. Yeah. Oh no! You got to shoot them, and then I think it was R two oh, makes them okay. detonate. So you could shoot a bunch of them and. You can kind of wait until the enemy that has it stuck to it, you know, is in a good spot to blow them up. Uh, I really like that weapon. I would have liked so. that weapon. Aww. <laughs> yeah, it was a cool weapon. I didn't use it that much. Um, I think with 
explosive weapons, I'm always worried about splash damage, uh, hitting myself with them. So I tend to right. not use them that often. Right. But, uh, um, I think the two I used most often were the, uh, I think there was one called the Melta gun, which is sort of like a shotgun. Uh, yeah. It would just like kill most enemies in one shot. Yeah. So it was really, really good. Well, is that just like, it was like a really tight, like laser and it would just like, it would go yeah. through, like um, it would, you can even hit it, shoot it through walls. It would just go right through it, you know, wherever they were. No, I think that was like the sniper rifle one, oh, which that I, that was, I that, that was the other, that was the other one I used a lot. And yeah, you could kill those uh, big chaos Marine guys in one hit. If you got a clean shot on the head. Mm-hmm. Um, so I nice. kept that one around all the time, but, the melted gun was more of a close range shotgun type weapon. It shot like a big fire blast. Mm-hmm. It would kill most enemies in one hit. Yeah, yeah. I, I mainly used sort of the chain gun weapons too, which was my. Um, if you hit the directional pad for me, it was uh, the ones to the right. I used those quite a yeah. bit. You know, just to kind of mow down, especially uh, you know incoming. Uh, a lot of times that that would be you know pretty good weapon. It would just you know, just just hold it down and just go to town. You know, with that. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the, um, I think I, I liked how the game set up the uh, the melee weapons a lot. Um, like you had the sword, which was of course the quickest, um, but did the least amount of damage. You had the axe, which was a little bit slower but did more damage. And then you had this um, uh, this sort of like war, this huge like war hammer. Um, and, and the interesting thing about that was it was slower, but it, it did amazing damage. But it limited you in the number of weapons that you could use like your other weapons your ranged weapons right yeah yeah it's true and for that reason i almost never used the hammer i stuck mostly with the uh the axe for pretty much most of the game and the hammer sort of messed up your um uh it messed up your uh health region as well because you would hit so hard that um it it was a lot it was a lot harder to get a, a stun in with that i thought anyway yeah, you'd be killing dudes yeah. that you need to get health from. That's yeah. true. So I didn't use that a lot either. So just and to kind of go back to the whole jetpack thing, um, a lot of times when you use the jetpack, it made you use the hammer too. So you couldn't use your other two heavier weapons. You were locked to your pistol and your little submachine gun. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. even though the jetpack sections were pretty cool, I really didn't like being not able to use those weapons. So I kind of kind of dreaded the jetpack parts for that reason sure yeah i think they make you use a hammer because that's tied to that like uh targeted slam uh Mm. mechanic which wouldn't really make sense if you're using just the sword or the the axe it's much cooler with the hammer so yeah they kind of force you into it during those segments but uh i get what you're saying yeah so uh yeah i don't know if you guys uh have anything else to add before we wrap it up but i just want to say like i I, this game was kind of a mixed experience for me but i would say overall i would recommend it to anybody who uh likes modern action games and and wants to try something a little bit different that kind of blends the shooting and the the hack and slash in in a really cool way and it's not long. It's very common. It's easy to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rich actually bought a couple copies and, and gave them away to And I have members, a copy so. for sale right now on my for sale for trade thread there you at go. rfgeneration.com. There you go. Single banana. Right there in the forums. Four bucks. Good deal. Nice. Good deal. So, yeah, I, I'd say it's definitely worth four <laughs> yeah. bucks. I wouldn't I wouldn't run it, run out into, you know, to, to add it to my collection if I 
was kind of sick of these types of games, sure. but if you if you love them and you want something different, this is definitely a good high production value uh, experience. So. Yeah, I, I think I think and just kind of getting back to the game and. Uh, you were saying, you know, if there's anything else that we maybe wanted to discuss, uh, we we didn't mention anything about sure. the fury meter, and I thought that was a pretty important, oh, yeah, that's cool true. part of the game. That's something that to me is almost kind of tied. It that's that's from the the God of War sure. uh, kind of yeah. thing. It has the same exact mechanic yeah. in it. You you fight until you fill up a meter, and then you go into like a rage mode. But yeah, it's worth mentioning that this game. Little on the sand that. had something similar to we could slow it, slow down. You know, everything true. slowed down. Yeah. So. Yeah, I actually used, I don't know about you guys, but I used that more for when I was about to die than anything yeah. else because it, it helps you re- You automatically regenerate Absolutely. health when you're doing that. So I almost use it as a safety net most of the time more than like, oh, I'm going to use this for power to mow down guys. Yeah. I just kind of left it in reserve until I was in trouble and then activated it. Was it was better for melee than it was for range. I didn't think it really gave you any sort of advantage uh, to use it ranged. Um, you know, it slowed down everything and allowed you to fire, but I didn't feel like, uh, I, f- I felt like in melee it made you do a lot more damage, but I, I felt like, you know, just firing, there wasn't any sort of distinct advantage in that. I don't know. Maybe just me. I don't think I ever even tried it with firing, uh, so I can't really uh, speak on its usefulness there. Um, I, I It probably would have been smarter to use it uh, when I was in trouble. I think I mainly saved it for when I was swarmed by... Uh, enemies or particularly some of the more challenging enemies um i think i used it some when like when those big space marine guys with the hammers were coming at you um mm-hmm. yeah those guys are those guys are pretty difficult and i think i would maybe save it for things like that right yeah 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 cool. and, and i guess the only thing the only, the last thing i sort of wanted to maybe touch on we we just kind of briefly talked about the sort of environments and locations um I, and as Sean had mentioned, I, I really liked the game. I thought it was beautiful. I mean, it's a really beautiful game. Um, it, there's not a lot of variety, I, I think. Um, I think Stephen had mentioned there's there's really only, like, you know, you're inside of areas or you're outside, uh, you know, on the planet, and there's not a lot of variety. But there was one sequence that sort of kept me in the game and, and something I liked a lot, and that was the, uh, the part where you enter uh, the base. I think it's when you're on your way to get the power source. And uh, you have to fight the defense systems. I just thought that was kind of a neat addition to the game and sort of broke it up a little bit yeah. for me. Yeah, that was a good change of pace. I actually yeah. enjoyed that part. Mm. Yeah, it was cool. I think I didn't like it at the time, but in retrospect, uh, it really did. It was something different. Um, and it was uh, not just a broken down, uh, basically, disaster area. You were actually in a place that was kind of still intact mm-hmm. for one of the rare times yeah, in the game it, so yeah that, that was yeah, neat. Fed it and it fit right into the plot pretty nicely too so it, it didn't to me it just you know it didn't seem unimportant or tagged on so i thought that was kind of nice mm. yeah cool uh steven do you have any final thoughts or anything else that that we didn't touch on that you'd like to talk about um yeah i uh i guess i didn't really have high expectations going into this game so i when I first started and it felt kind of generic, it wasn't really changing my opinion a whole lot, but I think at some point it wasn't too far into the game. I really started to come around and like this game and, uh, had a lot of fun with it. And that was a real pleasant surprise. And like you said, I would, uh, I would recommend it to somebody looking for just, uh, 
sort of a by the numbers action game. Not really uh certainly too much uh that sets it apart from other games, I think, but uh it's still a lot of fun, I think. That's cool. I I, I just gotta say it's really gratifying that, that to hear that you guys both really enjoyed mm-hmm. the game. Um and, and most people do. I mean this the game got pretty favorable reviews from everybody, you know, it's it's a above average, well liked game. And uh, you know, I'm glad to hear that you guys liked it because there were times when I was really hating on it and uh, qu- quite not enjoying the experience. But overall, like again, in retrospect, I I think it's a really good game, yeah. and I would recommend. I think it. Um, you were you and Rich were kind of sending some messages back and forth that I saw, um, and I was kind of getting a feel that by the end of the game you didn't you uh, had had your problems with it. And this was before I even started playing the game, so I think that kind of colored my expectations and kind of lowered my expectations some more, and uh, right. which really just probably actually helped me enjoy the game more when it it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Awesome. So yeah, cool. so well, from, from now uh, on, I just say every game sucks, and I'll just uh, I'll and I'll uh, <laughs> enjoy it more. <laughs> How would you? Well, that's. Uh, I, Oh, I'm Go sorry. I, I know one of our, one of our members said that the thing that they would probably like most for us to do uh, at the end of our discussions is sort of give the game a rating. So I was just kind of interested in how you know how you guys would rate this game, sort of out of ten. Um, I don't know. Those kind of things are always yeah. hard to do. I, I guess I would give it like a six yeah. or a seven. That's where I'm. Yeah, at. I'd probably go yeah seven, seven point five. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think between six and seven is probably where I'm at. Just you know, not having a lot of experience playing it, but it, it's good to see that we sort of fall into the same area with that. Uh, so cool. Cool. That's uh, that's Warhammer 40k Space Marine. Uh, Steven, you want to give us a little preview of what our modern title is for next month? Yeah. So in August, we're playing Spec Ops: The Line for PS3, Xbox 360, and PC. It's uh, on the surface, a modern military third-person shooter with some kind of light squad-based mechanics. Um, underneath that, it's got a very engaging story, a lot of twists and turns you might not expect. So, uh, yeah, I hope you get a lot of people to check that one out. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, I was looking into it. It's around, uh, I think it's around a $10 game, so it's not going to blow anyone's budget. Uh, I believe it was... Uh, Free on PlayStation Plus a while back oh, too. Okay. So oh yeah, sure. Awesome. Some people, some yeah, people well, have that. that. That's how I played it first, and that's how I'll play it again. I'll just download that again. And uh, Rich, I would recommend it to you. I think you would like it if you can find a cheap copy and you have the time to play with us. But uh, yeah, f- for our listeners and for our members, uh, please log on to rfgeneration.com and sign up to play uh, Spec Ops: The Line with us. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for slumming with us in the the modern uh, dumpster with uh, <laughs> with games that aren't NES uh, titles.
And that'll be all for another episode of the Playcast. Thank you for listening, and a very special thank you to everyone who joined the playthroughs, and super high fives to our guests on the podcast this month. Remember to visit rfgeneration.com to participate in our playthroughs, discuss the games, or leave feedback about this podcast. Join us next month in our playthroughs for August when Floyd will be hosting a game that was chosen by our RF Generation members who rocked the vote and chose Little Nemo the Dream Master for the NES. If you're up for something a little more mature and disturbing, Steven will be hosting Spec Ops The Line for PS3, Xbox 360, and PC. Thank you as always for listening, and we'll see you next time on the RF Generation Playcast. (laughs) 